Welcome to the 50th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and the Raya to my The Last Dragon, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well, my friend. How art thou? I'm uh, not great. I'm not great, I must tell you. Why? I must, uh, I must say. Well, you see, you see, Adrian, I lost my AirPods Pro. Oh, you and, lost them? Uh, they're gone. They're gone forever forever i i think i mean i can't find them anywhere did, did you retrace your steps where did you go with them i tried i tried the last time i uh, i wore them they were they were at work and uh, i didn't find them uh, so uh it sucks and of course i don't know if you're aware of this audience or, or you adrian i'm sure you are i'm not uh, but specifically the find my app the find my app can trace all manner of apple products except it seems like AirPods, the smallest damn product they make. And I, I wonder if that's a little bit deliberate. You no. can trace them. Yeah. You can say. trace them, but you can trace them based on whether they're out of the case. And I've never lost them once out of the case. It's never happened. I've never display, misplaced them really out of the case. They go into the case when they're, and I'm done with them. And I've, I've put them in a various spot in my house. And then I was like, oh, where'd they go? And then I still don't know where they are. I'm just looking for them blindly. Like I would look for a pair of keys without a tile tracker or, or an air, you know, an, an air tag. Hmm. But uh, yeah, so it tells me when I last wore them at work as if I have amnesia. <laughs> like I know when I wore them last. That's not in, that's it's just going to be ingrained in that app. It'll just say 3.30 on June 8th at the location I wore them last for the rest of my life, I guess, until I delete that from the air tag you know, the find my app. Hmm. It's very annoying. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I'm angry that Apple has done this. Although I think iOS 15 coming out in the fall, I think that is going to allow for traceability. Hmm. Like you're going to be able to then, it will then be able to be tracked like the air tags are. Yeah. I it see. Sucks. It sucks. Are you sure that that anger isn't directed at the right people? Like, shouldn't you be angry at yourself for misplacing this product? Oh, don't, Oh, you don't know what I've gone through in the last few days. I'm angry at myself more than anyone else. Oh my goodness! Why? Tell me more. Elaborate. Well, this is a per this is personal, Adrian. I'm not oh. gonna go and you know air my dirty laundry on this podcast. I just I'm just saying Apple's a big corporation. Are you are you trying to apologize for Apple, the giant company? No, I'm is just that what you're saying. Because <laughs> they track everything. I'm just being be clear. Whoa. You can track an iPhone. Oh. Are, you an, are you a corporate oh. apologist? Hey, is that what's happening? No, no. Speaking of you saying uh, I, Apple's tracking everything, it's wild that you mentioned this. So last week, this is a good segue, actually. Last week, we talked about, you asked me randomly. We started the episode, and you're like, how do you clean your ears? I'm like, I, I just use a Q-tip. And then you say that you do this, you go in the shower, you rinse it with water, and you just like wash your ear in your inner eardrum with water, right? Right, yeah. Literally yeah. the next day, the next day, I unlock my phone. Yeah, I open Bookface, Facebook. So Facebook's probably tracking. Me. Did you wait? Did you say Bookface as an, an intentional thing? Yeah, yeah. It's a it's the Office reference. Oh, good call. That was quick. That was quick wit right there. Yeah. Thank you, thank you, impressive. Very much. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, 
I open Facebook. Guess what the first fucking ad I see is? It's for some uh, ear cleaning utensil. I'm not going to let you guess. It's an ear cleaning utensil. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God. Like, if, like, obviously, the phone's always listening. I knew this, but that was the most like obvious sort of like, oh yeah, my phone is always listening to me. Because it literally I showed me an ad for ear cleaning stuff. Look, look, though, I don't think it's the Apple phone. I, I do think that they do care about privacy. What do you got? You got Google Homes in your room, right? I don't yeah, know. I, I think I so. that this particular thing, they wouldn't do this that blatantly. The, the companies that are usually are listening are Facebook and Google. They don't care. They're just going to sell your data. Do you think yeah. it really is? is so you Apple? think Google is selling my data to Facebook to give me these advertisements? Oh, well, yes. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know, though. Is the, is the Google Home listening to you right now? I don't know. That's like, I don't know. That's a tricky one. But is your well, phone listening to you? I think it's more likely your Google Home is. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember uh, I worked with a Google representative at one point, and he, like, right. he told me that the Google Homes, like, the products themselves, what they do is that they, they're constantly listening at like, uh, I think it's like three second intervals. Again, I'm just like saying stuff that I heard many years ago. So I might be totally wrong about this, but there's not enough Ram in the unit for it to actually save or send the information. So all it's doing is that it's listening like in like three second intervals for keywords, the keywords being like, okay, Google or Hey Google. Um, so apparently like, Google Homes are You just secure. triggered somebody's Google Home right now. Yeah, and I probably. apologize for Adrian's uh, misstep. I don't. I don't. I don't apologize. Okay. I apologize on your behalf. Okay. Fair enough. So, yeah, like that, that's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it is. But again, like if, if my Google is listening to me, like my Google account isn't connected to Facebook. Like my Facebook email is. Yeah, but they're just like selling my, your data. Yeah. Directly to Facebook. Well, they're all, there's, no, they're d- selling it to Facebook's advertisers, whoever. Mm. Facebook is being paid or mm-hmm. yeah, being paid by to advertise. Um, just to be clear, the reason why I think that Apple's le- less likely to be doing this is because they're so privacy conscious. It's like, that's yeah. such a blatant disregard to privacy if that's what they've done in this case. And I just feel like they are careful in that regard. They, they Every single event they've had, they're the ones talking about privacy more than anyone else. So that's mm-hmm. why I think, if, just to be clear, if you're not tech, super tech aware out there, that, that would probably be why I would think that Apple would be more so yeah um, privacy conscious and not not do something so blatant as a, as another note on my airpods here i do blame myself i just i want to be clear but i'm not apologizing for the weirdness of the fact that every apple device pretty much can be tracked except for the smallest device they sell mm-hmm. um and again you can track the airpods but you have to track them outside the case which yeah, i just weird. have never lost again as i've said but the other thing and it, and it makes me mad are these pants and, and this is one of those pet peeves of mine that I just I just don't get it. Why are there fake pockets? Why are there pockets that are shitty? Why are there pockets specifically that are per, per, sorry parallel? They're parallel to the pant leg. What is the point of a parallel pocket? There is no point in it because you sit down and all your shit hits the ground. What is the point? That's the question I have for you, Adrian. Why? Why do you have this? Because the only I thought that the only way I would have lost these AirPods because I don't just leave them lying around is if I sat somewhere weird mm-hmm. and they fell out of my pocket, or I went to go sit in my car, which usually the car seats are in like declined, like you know, towards your butt. Yeah, you just kind of lose shit out of the the pocket. These particular pants, specifically, I bought an iPhone a couple years ago, and we went to the movie theater together. I remember we didn't talk, of course, because we don't talk yeah. outside this podcast, but we went there together. And I sat down 
in the movie theater and immediately the brand new iPhone I just bought that day fell out of those pockets and hit the cement of the, the theater floor. I remember that. Because yes, because the pocket is parallel to the pit. Like what? Yeah. I don't understand. And even, okay. What about like girls pockets, like women's pockets and pants? Do they even why, have why pockets? Do they, exist? they do. They're fake. They're fake pockets or small. They're tiny little pockets. What's the point of this? Why is our society so obsessed with pockets? That's what I want to want to know. Like, why is it a fashion thing? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I guess so. What's like, the like, why are what, we just doing it aesthetic? With pockets? Oh no, fuck's sake! <laughs> um, no, I'm though. No, I get it. Like, yeah, like, why does it? Why is it only for aesthetic purposes as opposed to practicality? Like, pockets were created for practicality, but at, yeah. at, at this point, it's made for aesthetics in some cases. For like Correct. again, w- women women's pants, like it's it's yeah. all, almost always for aesthetics. Right, it's like that's messed up. That's not right. It's impractical. It's impractical. Yeah, they can't even put like phones. Like my girl girlfriend can't put like her phone in her pocket. Really, like no, there's yeah, not many know, pockets like, in her, any of her pants that she can put a phone in. There's some. But very few, and she's got to use her purse for that. It's yeah, which sucks because, like, yeah, then she has to carry around a freaking purse. Yeah, I never bring a bag anywhere. Like, I'll bring a bag over from like crash in the night somewhere, you know, and I'll bring like an extra change of clothes or something. Wait, I thought but part I of bring... your style was fanny pack. Isn't that how you walk around every day? No, aren't you a fanny pack kind of guy? I'm not a fanny pack kind of guy. Oh, I must be thinking of someone else. I'm sorry. I'm not even a satchel kind of guy. You know, I don't even wear satchels. I have a nice backpack. I like the, I don't even. Yeah. I don't even. Yeah, like I don't even. Indiana Jones has one. I know. Like I just don't eat. I'm not, I don't even do that. I have a backpack that I use occasionally, you know, I'll store it up with some stuff. Um, if I'm like crashing the night somewhere. Yeah. Which rarely happens. But other than that, I don't, I don't like, I, I have my phone in my back pocket, my wallet in my front right pocket. Wow. And my keys in my left, like front pocket. Look at that. And, efficiency. And that's everything I need. That's the pockets. I, that's the pockets are great. Yeah, I know. That's all I need. I don't need anything else. So I don't know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy that, um, yeah, women don't have that that luxury in, in, in your traditional, I guess, women's clothing. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird. No. It's, it's unfortunate. But uh, even de- then, again, I feel like the pockets on these pants that I'm talking about, again, they're running parallel to the leg. Like, it's yeah, again, it's for, is it for aesthetic purposes because it looks nicer on the outside? Like, that's a dumb decision. Just make it perpendicular to your pant leg it just makes more sense i just don't i don't know i don't uh again not uh, blaming everyone but myself i this is my fault i left them somewhere but theoretically i just sat down somewhere and they're gone and this thing fell out of my pocket just before i got into a car or something and they're gone forever actually that this happens i have a gate lock like a, a gate uh lock on my backyard gate Mm-hmm. And I was mowing the lawn in the front, the front lawn of my house. And I had the key for that gate in my pocket. But I was wearing these Adidas. Shout out to Adidas, but I'm about to bash you. <laughs> I was wearing these Adidas sweat shorts. And the pocket is so shallow, so shallow, that if I were going for a run or anything, even like a phone, anything in that po- those pockets, typically they would just everything would just pop out like a freaking bouncing bean. And so I had this key in there. It's a tiny key for this lock on my gate. And it popped out of my pocket while I was mowing the lawn because it's so shallow. I was not like I was running. I wasn't running with the lawnmower down the lawn. It just popped out and I lost the key and I couldn't get into the backyard for like two months. Oh. Yeah. That sucks. I could get to the back, like through the front, but like I couldn't get there. 
it was good because it was the end of the summer. So like it, it didn't really matter too much. Like I didn't have to worry about like the lawn getting too large, but it mm. was annoying. And again, pockets. That, those pockets are there for show. I don't even know what the point of those were. Yeah, that's wild. Anyway. Yep. Yep. It's wild stuff. Um, sad. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah, it is sad. Simon, can I pose a question to you? Oh, sure. That is kind of slightly movie related. Oh, okay. Sounds good. Considering we're a film and TV podcast, right. not a pants podcast. <laughs> not a pants or Apple podcast. No, we're, we're not. Although a pants we podcast. are on Apple podcasts, but we aren't an Apple, a, Apple podcast podcast about podcasts. Yeah. Or pants. Oh, sorry. An Apple podcast podcast about Apple. My mistake. Pants. And pants. And mm-hmm. pants. Mm-hmm. Anyways, what's your movie question there, Adrian? What's your movie question? We're 14 minutes in and we have not talked about movies or TV shows yet. So what are you thinking? Yeah. Okay, so li- listen to this. I saw a tweet the other day by a gentleman by the name of Paris Lilly. I I, I don't really know him. I, I know that he's a part of like a different podcast network and he runs like an Xbox podcast. But uh, he, he's a black man, um, like an older black man. And, and this is important because he posed a pretty interesting question on Twitter that I read. And I was like, huh. And he, uh, he posted that um, if Magneto you know, comes to the MCU, like we have the X-Men universe in the MCU, that instead of making Magneto, uh, who is, you know, traditionally known as like a Holocaust survivor, like back in World War II, um, obviously, that's when the Holocaust happened, back in the 40s and shit, um, that instead of making him, you know, like an older Jewish man, that who would be like literally 80 at this point, if they folded him into the MCU, that they made him a black man that, you know, became an extremist due to kind of the struggles that black men have, have, have dealt with in the United States of America. And I like saw that question. I'm like, damn, that's a really good idea. Like, that's quite interesting. I feel like that's a good way to modernize, you know, that, that sort of thing. But I'm curious, what do you think of that? Cause I have a couple of thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, I like it. But I don't know. I, I wonder if people would get offended because, you know, the Holocaust is such a big topic. And so mm-hmm. to to glance over the Holocaust to make it something else is kind of, I don't know, would, would that be considered offensive? I, I, I don't know. But regardless, just to, just to escape that thought for a moment, to be honest, to do X-Men in the MCU at this point, the smart move would be to modernize. And I think you just use the word modernize. And I think that's where mm-hmm. you were going with it. They're going to likely do it in the 2020s. And what, what are we at? 2025 now, technically in the MCU. So the so, likelihood yeah. of, I think they're going to make him a young Magneto. I think that that would be the smarter move. And so there's a good chance that they'll just change that character and tweak him so that he, if they were going to do something like this, they, they would tweak him so that he, if he was a young man, he wouldn't have lived during the Holocaust anyway. So it wouldn't have mattered. The, the only tricky thing is that, I mean, Eric, like Magneto's whole past and his mm-hmm. story is very, very sculpted by that concept of his family being, again, killed during the Holocaust and all of that. So I wonder if it yeah. kind of changes the character too much, maybe. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it is a good question. Um, and uh, yeah, like the, it's, it's certainly topical now. For sure. Mm -hmm. I think the only controversy is, are we like moving away from something that we should 
distinctly remember in our minds about the Holocaust. Yeah. But how can you do somebody who survived the Holocaust? How can you have a character like that in 2025? It's just not possible because it happened so long ago. Unless he's like a 90 year old, he starts to become a 90 year old man, as you mentioned. Exactly. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's exactly what I think as well. Like, I think it's a really great idea. But yeah, like, is are you taking away from, you know, these like Jewish people's like trials and tr- like, you know, the the, sh- the shit they went through back then. And like, you're kind of erased, not necessarily erasing that past, but you're getting rid of a character that is, I'll be honest, like when I think of like a Jewish comic book character, Magneto is literally the only character that pops into my head. And again, yeah, he had this family that got murdered during the Holocaust and it defined his character as he, as he grew up and, and grew in, in the X-Men universe. So how can you bring that up to the, you know, the, again, 2025, and modernize it properly because like you said if they do do like a do do um if they do do a modern um you know like rendition of magneto like what is he just going to be like because he, he can't be a holocaust survivor at that point he he would be you know like oh my great grandfather my grandfather like dealt with it yada 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 and i feel like it almost loses that impact because it's not like this first like he wasn't there during it it's just like oh my my parents before me dealt with this sort of stuff Right. So, I yeah, don't know. yeah, it's, oh yeah, they could do an ancestors type situation yeah. where his yeah, that's not impossible because like, black people like, had to deal with that too during the Holocaust. Like it wasn't just. Oh yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, and it would be cool if they. I don't know. Like maybe they do that sort of, you know, the Black America sort of thing, um, so they can modernize it and make it more relatable today. But you know keep the character Jewish. Like, you know, yeah. like you can be That's, a black Jewish person for sure. Um, and, and still reference that stuff. I feel like that might be a good middle ground. That is good. Yeah. It would be definitely pretty interesting if they did something like that. Um, mm-hmm. hmm. The only other tricky thing, which I'm, I'm curious about is that, okay. So Magneto is technically in the comics, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's dad. Yeah. So we've got those characters in the MCU. Although I feel like the best way to introduce X-Men in general into the Marvel Cinematic Universe is actually through a alternate timeline. So I don't think it matters. But I, I was pointing out those those people are very white, <laughs> those actors, like Elizabeth yeah. Olsen and uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson. But but yeah, if they yeah, did a, if they did an alternate timeline, it wouldn't matter because they don't mention. Well, they mentioned their father. No, their father and mother died in that timeline, didn't they? Didn't they show off that they had gotten killed? Yeah, they so in I guess slight spoilers for WandaVision. Uh, I think but they mentioned is... in Age of Ultron though as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, they definitely they mentioned in Age of Ultron. They just show it in WandaVision. You're right about that. So I think in this MCU, like Magneto is probably not going to be, you know, Wanda Maximov's father. Like I think I think we could probably get past that and and that's something that right. we can kind of live with. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Yeah. So I don't know. It's 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 just like an interesting question. I read it and I was like, damn, that's actually like a pretty good idea. And I can kind of see where there might be controversy associated with it. But at the same time, I feel like if it, you do it, it if be... you thread the needle, if you thread the needle mm-hmm. correctly, you're right. You make it uh, sure it's a it's a black actor, but it's also specifically a a Jewish. The character is Jewish. That is not impossible. I think you're right. Yeah, like that's a, if you thread it properly, you can navigate it 
effectively and kind of hit all the angles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious what, uh, what the MCU is going to do with that. I mean, we're getting fast, sorry, fantastic four in this next phase. And, um, yeah, I mean, X-Men's just, just around the corner. I'm sure we'll get it within the next five years or so. So it's a wait and see sort of thing, but I, I would like to see that. I feel like that'd be an interesting take, but, uh, I imagine, I mean, there would definitely be some sort of uproar on the internet. Um, there's no doubt about that, but, to be fair, there's an uproar about everything at any given moment. So, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, let's move into some show corrections, shall we? Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 I like your excitement. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, this correction is based on what we talked about in one of our main news stories from last week. And uh, it's, uh, it's a weird one. So, I, I, I didn't know. I don't know if you know this, but Nielsen Ratings, the the ratings company that specifically looks at looks at viewership for uh, cable channels like uh, networks and, and various things like that, like you know, shows how many people are watching the Oscars as an example. We talked about that during the Oscars uh, after the Oscars, um, but specifically, they actually look at streamer streamers as well. I don't know if you you knew that because I don't re- I didn't know the breadth of how they actually take a look at that, and I and I know that Netflix is an example doesn't really release their numbers, so I'm not sure how they get this data precisely because mm. some of these streaming services don't like to give out their numbers, but Nielsen ratings somehow tracks it. And apparently during May 10th to 16th, during that week, that seven day period, mm. Jupiter's legacy was number one in the United States for viewership for like hours watched. They were like number up, of people that watched the, like an episode. They racked up 1.02 billion minutes viewed. The Handmaid's Tale was second most at 584 million mm. for perspective. That's that's a really, really high number. So like they must have seen a very significant drop off. To give it a little bit more perspective, Shadow and Bone was 294 million. Which just got renewed for a season two, mind you. Right. Castlevania was 205 million. Of course, the reason we bring this up, Jupiter's Legacy, we talked about it this last week, was canceled. Was canceled. Like less than a month after it aired the first season mm-hmm. and after the first season had a cliffhanger and we were kind of befuddled by this because of how much, well, I was befuddled by how much marketing they had, but yeah. it did look bad to us. So we were, it was not that much, much of a mystery, but it was more of a mystery because they also spent $200 million on the season. Which is nuts. It is That's crazy. But then I looked into it some more and then Ooh. I realized you're a big Steven S. Tonight fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and he, he uh, I think he wrote it as well, but he, he was a showrunner for, I guess the showrunner is usually one of the writers, but he, he wrote and, and show ran Spartacus. Which I love. Yes, you love it. And he also show ran Daredevil season one. Although, again, that's a, I mean, it takes a village to make a, a really cool show like Daredevil. And you said, I think that you said that Daredevil season one was the best season. I would argue, honestly, that season three was the best one. I do like season one a lot, and it was shocking. Yeah, I said said arguably the best. Yeah, it was. There was a lot of shock value there as well because there was nothing quite Mm -hmm. like it. A Marvel property with this much violence, the swearing, and like the it was very well acted. The hallway fight scene in episode two, right? All in one shot. It was amazing. One of the coolest fight scenes I've ever seen. Yeah, and I kind of threw a little bit of shade at Stephen Estenite. Apparently, Stephen Estenite, he wanted to get $12 million per episode for Jupiter's Legacy. Stephen Estenite, of course, was the showrunner for uh, 
I was going to say for Steven Estenite. Yes, Steven Estenite is also the showrunner for Steven Estenite, and he's the showrunner for Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, and so he asked for $12 million from Netflix. Netflix shut him down. Uh, they didn't shut him down completely. They gave him a lot of money. They gave him $9 million per episode. Oh, okay. okay. It's a lot of money. But how many episodes were there, Adrian? I actually don't know. 10? Or 8? Or 13? Or 12? Are you going to tell me? Why are you paused? Why are you being so silent? Are you looking this up? I feel like you're looking this up. I think you're looking this up. Are you looking this up? There are eight. There are eight episodes. Eight episodes. Okay, that was my first guess, right? I don't know. I'm not sure I was messing. I was looking it up. Um, (laughs) Anyways, there were eight episodes. Each one was cost $9 million. $72 million would be the cost to create Jupiter's Legacy. But they costed, what did we just say, $200 million. So where did the prices go? And what happened actually... The show was actually finished by a showrunner named Sang Q Kim, who is the showrunner for Altered Carbon, because Stephen Estenite was pushed out due to creative differences halfway through the season. Oh. Yes. Oh, what a twist. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I found that interesting. So, so it's a tale of two directors in a way. Like it's a tale of two again. showrunners. And it's a tale of Netflix meddling. It seems like that's unfortunate. Yeah. So it's another one of these situations where like, I, I guess we'll never know. Like, could this have been a hit if, if Steven S. Knight had his full creative vision? So it's funny that you bring this up because I actually kind of looked into this show a little bit more. Um, I didn't look at what you're bringing up, but the Jupiter's legacy show, the majority of the season is actually just a prequel to the actual comic book. Oh, weird. The vast majority. So I think around where like the last episode or two is finally when it starts getting into the real comic book series. Okay. As opposed to, I think the, the entire like first portion and stuff um, like, or the majority of the TV sh- series is like original material that that's meant to lead into the actual comic book. Oh, weird. Yeah. So I wonder if like maybe was Steven S. Knight just following the, the, the story as he as he wanted to and or or, or you know make, making his own creative flair actually doing the comic series and then netflix was like no we need to spread this out more and 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 you know make an origin story essentially of this comic series or or what like i'm curious because it's interesting that you bring that up because i didn't i didn't see that i didn't look into it enough to see that steven s tonight was pushed out because that's wild to me it uh, is crazy yeah there's he, also he vision so this was from a Holly, the Hollywood Reporter article. You can read it. It's by the writer. I think it's the writer that, yeah, it's the writer that announced that the show cost $200 million, but it's Boris Kitt. And he wrote this article. He also wrote that he heard from insiders that specifically, that, that some insiders believe that Stephen Estenite was correct, that he was actually correct to ask for $12 million, and that it was ridiculous to think that you could make it for less than that. And that shows like The Mandalorian and other shows we're basically making their seasons of eight episodes for that kind of $100 million mark. So what he asked for wasn't ridiculous at all. And so the fact that they had shortchanged him meant that he, well, I shouldn't say shortchanged. It's like $72 million. million yeah, it's well, it's $3 million difference in terms yeah. of what he, what he wanted, but times eight, he still got nine, he still got $9 million. Yeah. Like, uh, that's maybe why it had these kind of creative differences. He couldn't do what he wanted to do because of the fact that they couldn't, they didn't give him enough money to make this truly good. And so then he just 
left because of that. It's weird as well because when it went into post-production, they actually uh, called upon uh, Louis Leterrier or Leterrier. I don't know how you pronounce his name, but it's the filmmaker who is best known probably for that Netflix, which Netflix movie, which is extremely well regarded, very well watched, Lupin. I don't know if you've ever watched that, but you might have seen it. No, no, I, I know what. Like, uh, I think what when we brought that up, I like announced or I said that it's like based on a like an anime series, but it's actually based on some sort of old folktale. And the anime series that's called like Loop in the Third is based on that folktale, just like the show is. Maybe not a folktale isn't the right word, but it's an older story. But yeah, yeah, I know it's, it's that that show is very well regarded. Um, yeah, they're coming out with the second season very soon. So is it a show or a movie? Am I mistaken? I thought it was a it's movie. A, I don't it, know why. It's a show. Oh. Uh, and they're coming out with season two fairly or series two fairly soon. I, I think oh. they call it like each season a series because it's uh, from, I think it's from France, if I recall correctly. It's a French show. Yeah. And uh, Louis Leterrier was also, I'm just saying his name differently every time now because I don't actually know how to pronounce it. I feel kind of bad. But anyway, uh, he also uh, was the showrunner for Dark Crystal. Oh. That got canceled after the first season. Uh, real quick, Lupin does actually have a second season out. It may have come out like today or something or the day before. Currently number two in Canada today, according to Netflix. I just checked it. Oh, cool. Okay, I see. Yeah, this is a crazy story. This is a saga. I didn't realize it was this much of a saga, and uh, I'd only really thought that Stephen S. Knight was the showrunner for this show. So it's a, yeah. it's a pretty crazy story, and I kind of feel bad about it a little bit more now, and I, I wish it wasn't canceled because i'm curious like they might have learned from their mistakes why why do this weird thing where you're now creating the spin-off series based on a show that you think as netflix if you're netflix you think it's a bad show i know it was reviewed badly but you if you gave it a chance then it could be something great like i believe jupiter's legacy is a fairly well-regarded comic yeah like i've heard really good things about the 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 comic series and that it it sets itself apart and does like unique things which is funny because the way you and I talked about the series last week, despite not watching it, but just from like the advertising is like, we couldn't tell what's set it apart. And I think that's maybe why it's just not like it didn't do well because they decided to make a prequel to the comic series and not use any of its original ideas. Um, and, and right. make this almost paint by numbers sort of story to lead into what, is a well-regarded comic series or, or, or a well-regarded like story. Um, so it's kind of disappointing. Uh, it, yeah. Looking into this more and hearing kind of like yours, uh, like what, what you just mentioned, it, it, it is, a, it's kind of sad. It's a little bit disappointing. It, it feels like we didn't get what we could have. Um, like this could have been something great and it just flopped. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy story. Uh, actually mm -hmm. to bring attention to a show that did it, a very good prequel series to the comic book series would be preacher actually. Like, I think that that first yeah. season is really good. So they, I mean, they could have theoretically. Made the best. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I don't think I ever, no, I never got around to it. I never ended up watching the fourth and final season. Just realized yeah, I did that. not like it. The more I think about that final season, I, I just, I remember I was fairly lukewarm on it when I finished it, but the more I think about it, the more I dislike that final season. And it's yeah, kind that's of disappointing. Fair. Yeah. It just, it didn't land. Um, which kind of sucks. That's too bad. It's too bad. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer wrote into us once again, and he said, Dear Launchpad and Scrooge McDuck. Okay, first of all, which one of us is Launchpad and which one of us is Scrooge McDuck here? 
You're definitely Scrooge. Okay. I'm not sure how to feel about that, but anyway, moving on. I would hope that remembering the teenage in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles doesn't mean the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie doesn't forget the original Eastman and Laird comic was full of violent confrontations against ninja and mutants. Hmm. Uh, He goes on to talk about other topics here, so I don't know if you want to jump in. We talked specifically about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Seth Rogen, the movie that's coming out, I think they said 2023. It's so far out now. It's- yeah, it's it's August 2023. August 11th? I think it was, I think I mentioned it was the day after my birthday or the day before. So August 9th or August 11th. And uh, yeah, we talked about that. It, yeah, like that uh, Seth Rogen's trying to make it a little bit more teenager because these most recent movies and honestly, most renditions of TMNT are like these older Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, not necessarily dark or gritty. Like I mentioned the Michael Bay movie. I watched the first one. I know there's two. And that was like fine. It's like this fun sort of thing, but they're they're adults. Um, and yeah, it seems like Seth Rogen's trying to bring the teenage back into TMNT. Yeah. Uh, I think the Eastman and Laird comic, I think the Eastman and Laird comic is a comic that I referenced last week too. I think there was one that took place during Christmas. I think that, that was the comic series that I was kind of, jumping into briefly like the one that your brother read yeah i think so i'm not 100 sure it's i think it's the same i was looking at some of the art for some of these books i just don't have access to that comic right now so i don't know for sure but anyways Mm -hmm. we mentioned last week also that it was kind of very nostalgic for both of us and i i kind of felt like it was a mcdonald's ball pit type scenario where you kind of feel like that i don't know it's just invokes the the feelings of childhood a little bit just remembered reading that comic during christmas and uh like Christmas season, I think it was. So anyway, cool. He he goes on. He goes on in his email and he says, the Babadook Samara question is easy. Introduce them together and every Christmas give their fugly tykes, trip jeans, and black veil brides tees. <laughs> the handsome Eric question made me want to see a Walking Dead spinoff about Adrian traveling around on a yacht with his cute harbor seal Lou and his 3,500 kilogram Elephant seal kissed by a rose. Huh. Are elephants that heavy? It's a seal. Average weight. Oh, thirty-five hundred kilogram elephant seal kissed by a rose. Uh. I think the name of the seal is named "Kissed by a Rose," but there's no comma here, so I butchered this joke. I'm fairly certain. Elephant Anyways, last episode you also referenced that you would, for some reason, have a seal during the apocalypse because it'd be easier to get a seal, even though it's incredibly impractical because you would die. Because you can't, mm. seals move extremely slow on land and you would just get killed oh because you're like, come God. on, come on, kissed by a rose, get going. And you just be pulling him and then the, you you would die from zombie hordes. That's what I believe. That's what I believe. That's wild. So real quick, the southern elephant seal can range anywhere from 2,200 kilograms to 4,000 kilograms. Right. That is nuts. Incredibly impractical. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Kenneth, for pointing this out. Can an elephant seal kill a human? They dive to an average of 1,300 to 2,100 feet and sometimes to 3,000 feet, nearly twice as deep as any other seal species. The pressure, 90 times greater than at that. Obviously, the pressure. I'm asking if this elephant seal would kill people. Bottom line, he's very dangerous. Apparently, there's an aggressive elephant seal on the Sonoma beaches back in 2007. Oh. Leopard seals are the most dangerous seals, according to National Geographic. Interesting. Yeah. Anyways. Should we transition and make this a seal-based podcast from now on? 
Yes, an Apple Seal and Pants podcast. Apple Seal and Pants podcast. And we, we yeah. play on the way in, we definitely play Kiss by Rose. I think that would be the yeah. best way to enter Yeah, our podcast. Yeah. Anyways, he continued to, to wrap up, really. Other than that, it was a, thor- a thoroughly interesting thor- episode. Thoroughly. Are you a thoroughly, kidding me? A thoroughly interesting episode. Thank you, Ken. Signed, Kenneth. And he's got a quote here. I love zombies. If any monster could river dance, it would be zombies. A quote by Craig Ferguson, who I'm a big fan of. So yeah, yeah, I was gonna say. But anyway, so real quick, this Walking Dead spinoff series, starring me on a yacht with a harbor seal named Lou and a 3,500 kilogram elephant seal named Kiss by Rose. I think this is something that we could do. I think I think we should go for it. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead season two. The majority of that season takes place on a boat. So oh. it's kind of been done on a Walking Dead spinoff. Again, I, I really like uh, Fear the Walking Dead season two. But did that they show. have a did they have a seal though? That's no, the they did not. Question. They did not. There you go, Adrian. There I go. Indeed. So we can make it unique. Man. God, Fear the Walking Dead, those first three seasons are actually first season's like a little bit weak, but I really love season two and season three. It just what a disappointment. It's weird. I've always found it strange when you have a really great show, a couple great seasons, then you change the showrunner and they just take it a, such a weird direction and they must think they're doing a good job. You know what I mean? Like They must think, oh, we're doing a great job. We're taking this this new direction and they changed it for a reason, I feel like. So I wonder, because yeah. it's been a couple ep- seasons now or three yeah. seasons that have been in this new direction. <laughs> I think it's kind of funny that the first three are so much better. And I wonder if they just think that it's a lot. I don't know. I almost feel bad <laughs> in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, they didn't go out. They're not coming to work to say, oh, let's make a bad season. They must think that that's great, theoretically. Like what went wrong if you make three seasons of a show? Like one season? Okay, like Jupiter's Legacy. But like mm. three additional seasons? Aren't they on season six? Yeah, I think season six finished. Um, right. That's what I mean. And I, I want to say that season's actually rated fairly well. Oh, I want to say that. Let me just check real quick for us. I know it, it got reviewed very well for its like first episode of that season. Like it, it, it actually did get like great reviews for the first episode. Um, season six, currently with an audience score of 84 with 122 user ratings. And then only eight reviewers, but it's an 88 um, tomato meter score. So it is like better reviewed than seasons four and five by quite a bit i hate watched season like well i started season four and was super disappointed but finished it and then i just hate watch season five so ah okay yeah all righty what uh what adrian because you definitely haven't been watching fear the walking dead no what have you been watching this week honestly man i haven't watched much there's really just like two big standouts like I, i've watched my typical gray's anatomy i'm about halfway done season 13 again just because it's easy background television so like if I'm busy or I'm, I'm doing whatever, I can just I can just have it playing. So, you know, you don't have to focus too hard. So, you know, still a great show. Nothing's changed. I'm not going to bore you on that. Um, but then I watched the I don't know what I want to start with. I'm going to start with the Monsters University trailer. Did you okay. watch that? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, that is coming out very soon. Like it, that that's a surprise. I remember when they announced it. Um, But that's coming oh, out in. Hold on, Monsters Univer- no, no, hold on now. Monsters oh, University is a movie. Oh, my apologies. I, I definitely have also seen the movie Monsters University, but Monsters at Work. Monsters at Work trailer, 
which is the new yeah. um, spinoff of the of Monsters University slash Monsters Inc. Uh, that takes place after Monsters Inc. Um, at work, you know, and it's uh, yeah, like it looks really great. They're bringing Billy Crystal back to play Mike Wazowski and um, John Goodman back to play Sully. It's funny because now that I see Mike Wazowski with his one big eye, right? It throws me off because I've seen that stupid meme <laughs> so many times with Mike Wazowski with the two eyes. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. It, like, it, like, I feel like that's his regular face. So now when I just see Mike Wazowski with his one big eye, I find that to be the weird one, even though it's not. Uh, yeah. But anyways. Yeah, that is strange. <laughs> um, but, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're bringing those guys back and then introducing some new characters and... I don't know. It looks really good. Like, it looks like it's going to be a very enjoyable series. Um, I don't know about you. Like, wh- what did you think of the trailer? I thought it looked good. I thought it looked good. And it's going to be crazy to see a like a full-fledged Pixar TV series on Disney+. Plus. I think that, again, they're going hard on the quality. So I, I, mm-hmm. I'm very, like I'm saying Disney Plus is anyway. So I, I, I'm in. I'm in. I'm going to watch this. And I'm very curious about it. Yeah, man, me too. Like, I'm I'm super curious about it. It looks really fun. It has a pretty good cast. Again, like I mentioned, they're bringing back Billy Crystal and John Goodman. But Henry Winkler is going to be in it, and he's playing a character. And I adore Henry Winkler, probably best known for, if you're old, as the Fonz. Um, or, uh, for me, I probably best know, uh, know him from Arrested Development. Uh, he's also in, like, Parks and Rec and stuff. But uh, yeah, like like that's where I know Henry Winkler from, and I, I absolutely adore him as an actor. I think he's amazing. He's also in Barry, which is he plays a very like I guess different role uh, when you compare him to I guess his role in Parks and Rec and um, Arrested Development. But it's super cool that he's in it. And then you know we have uh, Mindy Kaling. Uh, did I pronounce her name right? Mindy Kaling. Kaling. I think it's Kaling. Well, but, yeah. yeah. Now I'm I want to say it's Mindy Kaling. It. Definitely questioning it now. All right, let's just go with Mindy Calling or Calling. What do you want to go with? I'm gonna let I'm gonna leave it up to you. No, I don't want to. I want to tread tread these waters. Just let's. Why don't we just look it up? Okay. Have Google tell us exactly how to pronounce it with that nifty feature they have. Mindy Kaling. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Mindy Kaling. So yeah, Mindy Kaling's gonna be in it as well. Who I really like. I mean, um, I know her best from The Office, and that's really the only thing I've seen her in that I can just think of off the top of my head. But I know. I know she's grown quite a bit since that show. She had her own like uh, show, uh, the Mindy Project, which I know is well liked and well regarded. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like this just looks really fun and interesting. And yeah, you're exactly right. We're gonna finally see Pixar level quality animation in a TV series, and this is the first one we're getting. Like it's it's cool, man. This is this is super exciting. Um, this is, I guess, the beginning of of this sort of phase. Cause we we're finally getting these Marvel series. So we're kind of used to it. You know, there's the Loki series, uh, which I'm going to actually segue into, um, with the first episode, but, um, we're finally getting these Pixar shows now. And, and I can't remember what else was announced for these Pixar uh, related shows, but whatever they come out with, I'm, I'm stoked, man. I'm, I'm super excited. Yeah, I, I am as well. Mm-hmm. It also monsters university also stars, uh, Ben Feldman from Superstore, And I beat you to the, the segue. I'm, Segwaying <gasps> away from Loki. Ha <laughs> ha, beat ya. Anyway, um, yeah, Su- Superstar, I finished. It's done. It's over. And I'm sad. I'm really sad. It feels like one of those shows, you know, you finished, you finished The Office, and you're like, ah, it's over now. And it's, uh, it's almost disappointing. I feel like they could have mm-hmm. taken it, 
a little longer and I'm almost surprised that they've canceled it because it's an NBC series and NBC is going hard on the comedies on uh, Peacock, their streaming service. So it's kind of, uh, kind of sad. It, it took such a interesting turn. I was disappointed with certain plot lines that they were progressing throughout the last, the second, I guess, second to last in the final season. And they, they turned it around in such a masterful way and made me cry in the last episode. And I was like, whoa, how did they do this? It, they did such a great job. Honestly, uh, I, I, yeah, I'm very impressed with that final episode. It's one of the best finales I've maybe ever seen. And that's like, I, I feel like that's, mm. that's something. Like, I really do think it's a masterfully done finale. I don't know. I've seen a lot of bad finale, <laughs> finales, but like, I think Breaking Bad sits there at, near the top. And I think, um, I think the office is actually really, really good as well, the way that ends. And I think this sits near the top for me too. And I was just so surprised with how well it's done. Ruben Flesher, by the way, is one of the directors for the show um, throughout the seasons. He's an executive producer. I don't know if you, you knew that at all, but Ruben Flesher, of course, who directed Venom, your favorite. The hit uh, movie Venom. Yes. So uh, it's funny that you bring that up. My, uh, just a real quick aside. My mom, uh, like she, she was like, "Oh, like why do you guys like hate hate that Venom movie so much? You guys talk a lot of crap about it." Like I watched it recently, and she's like, "I really like it. I really like Tom Hardy." I'm like, yeah, like I mean, like we don't hate it. It's just we just don't think it's that great. Like, and I love Tom Hardy. I think he's the best part of that movie. And she has the audacity, the audacity, Simon, to yeah. say that Venom is a better movie than Batman v Superman. Whoa, she's just trying to rile you up. Come on. Yeah, I literally, I haven't spoken to her since. What, did you say that before you came down to record this podcast? No, she said it a couple days ago. Oh, okay. It pissed me off, man. <laughs> it <laughs> pissed me off. Why did, okay. she was just, she was just pressing your buttons, right? I'm not. Yeah, definitely. I don't even okay. think she's watched Batman v Superman. I like yeah, I actually watched uh, Man of Steel with my mom. It's unquestionably worse. Venom is unquestionably the worst movie of the two. It's not an original movie. Yeah. Come on. It's trying to do the Marvel Cinematic Universe formula, and it just does it worse. Yeah. Except it has Tom Hardy in it. So it's like it's, it's their saving grace. Anyway, yeah, we've talked about that too much. Let's, let's get off that topic. But anyway, Superstore, a retail workplace comedy that follows the workers who work in something like a Walmart, as an example. Stars America Ferreira, Ben Feldman, of course. A great show. I recommend it greatly. It it really dives in. It actually dives into the pandemic a little bit, and they, and they did it in a very well done fashion as, as well in that last season. And uh, yeah, I just thought that it was again very emotionally charged finale. So recommend mm -hmm. that series if you need a comedy to watch. Alternatively, okay, I've also watched the comedy Mythic Quest. <gasps> oh, you're not even gonna you're not even gonna let me talk about Loki. Eh? You're just gonna go through all these. Okay, well, I've got okay. a couple other things that I've watched according to this document than you have. Whoa. Anyway, Myth Mythic Quest. Really good so far. I'm on episode five, I think, and I really like it. It's an Apple TV Plus series. It's about this company, basically, that's making this uh, MMORPG, like a massive multiplayer online. Yeah, like a World of Warcraft game. or like a Final Fantasy 14 style studio, right? Exactly. And it's starring the Mickleheny. Mickleheny? How do you pronounce that guy's name? Rob Rob Mickleheny? Mickleheny from, uh, Par uh, no, I was going to say Parks and Rec. It's definitely uh, Parks and Rec. It's, uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Or, or that documentary series that's coming out in a couple months with uh, Ryan Reynolds about them buying a soccer team. Right. Which is crazy that they bought yeah. a soccer team together. Apparently they didn't really know each other as well, which I find interesting prior to buying the soccer team. <laughs> it's just like, hmm. I'm sure 
the making of a cool story in general. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's good. I really like it. I love it so far, and I, I'm curious to see how it goes. It's a workplace comedy, but it takes place in this uh, developer's office. It's it's neat too because Ubisoft is a producer on this series, and they use footage mm-hmm. from their games just in the oh. show randomly. That's pretty I've, cool. I remember this show was actually revealed at like E3 2019 or 2018, which is like the Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's actually airing this weekend, um, but it's regularly a yearly sort of event. It wasn't uh, last year, but where all these like big video game publishers get together and they and they show off all their stuff. And yeah, I remember specifically that this show was announced on that stage. Yeah, and- yeah, it's neat fitting it looks good i I, i've been i I was actually gonna start watching it a couple weeks back when i took my little like hiatus from gray's anatomy because i was crushed um but uh i think i'm just gonna finish gray's and then that's definitely on my list because i think season two just came out recently and i know there's some really well-regarded episodes it's a good cast as well like uh since we're on the topic of video games, but like Ashley Birch, I know is one of the characters in it. And she's a very prominent voice actor in in the industry. Uh, she actually voices some of my favorite characters of all time. Um, including like Chloe from life is strange, uh, which again, life is strange is one of my favorite games ever. It's, it's so good. And she, yeah, she voices that character from that series. She voices like Aloy in, uh, the horizon, um, horizon dawn, uh, sorry, horizon zero dawn, uh, game. Uh, and then the sequel that's coming out on PlayStation five as well ps4 and ps5 yeah she's a super prominent like voice actress so it's cool to see that she's in the show live action yeah she's pretty great in the show too and i recognized the name ashley birch when i was seeing the credits but i didn't put two and two together so yeah of course yeah she's in all of these properties i should have recognized i knew i'm like where have i seen ashley birch before and i've even seen her face and i was like i just don't know where this person is from and it's because i was looking up things for like Horizon Zero Dawn or any mm-hmm. of her other properties that she's in. Yeah, that's, I don't know. You just enlightened my mind there. I didn't, I don't know how I didn't notice that. But anyway, yeah, she's good. She's good in the show. She does a great job too. So I, yeah, I recommend it. Again, it's early days for me on that one. But one show that's not early days for me is Queen's Gambit. <laughs> you can't oh. talk about Loki. Can't talk about Loki yet. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm God of mischiefing you. But Queen's Gambit, Really good, as you've talked about. And I don't want to go into it too much. I know everyone went through their chess phase, okay? This is all over now. But I just think that the seven episodes of that series on Netflix are top-notch. Some of the best TV ever made. It is a limited series, but it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It is some of the best TV ever made. You were so right. I love that goddamn show. It's so freaking good. It's still arguably the best thing I've watched in recent memory. Like, like It's stuck with me. Yeah. I'm glad you finished it. Yeah, it's incredible. And your Taylor-Joy is absolutely amazing as you've talked about as well the music as well from carlos rafael rivera is so good so good so good so good it's beautifully shot they did a great job with the period type piece of being taking place in the uh in the 1960s it is right i'm getting uh i i honestly can't remember i'm not good with the time i believe i believe it was the 60s um but yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a fighting movie in that it's like the fighter or Rocky in a weird way mm-hmm. in that it's like she gets knocked down quite a bit in her life and she just keeps getting back up and it's that it's really cool. It's kind of a very inspiring set design, the makeup, costumes, just great. I just feel like this shows yeah, something else. Yeah, like I, I mentioned it uh, like when I was watching it that it reminded me a lot of like anime. Um, 
like these like quick cuts and, you know, people inner monologuing and being like, oh man, I made the wrong move here. This person's going to move their chess piece like this and, and stuff like that. And I don't know, it's, it's just such a hype show. I, I really, really, really love that show. And I'm, I'm glad you finally finished it over the course of like 18 months that it took you or however long it was. Yeah, it's a while. Uh, yeah, I apologize for uh, my delay, uh, Marta Pinter. I know that you are awaiting my review. It's a great show. It's, it's incredible. I love it. Yeah. And I recommend it to everyone, especially because it's only seven episodes. So how much time do you really have to sink into it? It's not like you have to spend that much time watching it. It will only take you approximately a year and 10 months to finish. So Give or take, yeah. Yeah. So, no, awesome. Fantastic. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Were you making a Justin Thoreau this time as opposed to Thor? Like Ken wrote in his email? Ken was writing Thoroughly. He was mentioning, he was specifically referencing the, the, the throw through thing we were talking about last episode. Oh, but he wrote Thor. I know he did. And so I talked to him about that. I'm like, are you referencing the fact that Loki came out this week? And he's like, no, with Thoreau, Thoreau. I'm like, oh, well, why didn't you write oh. an E-U-X? Anyway. Well, uh, well, now I feel bad for correcting you that first time. You knew you had the context and I failed. I apologize. I know. I made you look like a fool, didn't I? I'm a fool. I'm a gosh darned fool. No, Simon. you're not. You're not. Thank you. Don't Thank put you. yourself down like that. I you're won't. Great, you're a great human. And so Thanks. now we're going to move on. Now we're going to move on to another show that I've been watching. And it's Loki. Okay, it's Loki. I could have. Oh my God, what a twist. Yeah, Loki. Loki episode one. Season one, <laughs> episode one. What do you think? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I know exactly what I think. I liked it uh, a lot. I love it, in fact. Mm-hmm. I think it's more Marvel-esque than the, maybe the other two shows, WandaVision and Captain America, sorry, Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Winterman. In that it, it kind of feels a little bit more Marvel-y in a, kind of a more classic Marvel kind of way, potentially. But it's very science fiction-esque. And the music. I know I keep mentioning the music every time. I'm a music guy. I mentioned the, the score. I love I just, the music. I just think that honestly, the music is fantastic. Natalie Holt, the composer, she did the music for, or she was part of the music department for Paddington. Great. The whimsy, the whimsy in the score, the 90s thriller type nature of the, wow, the tones. Wow, 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 wow. Yeah, you, get, you got it. It's, and then mixed in with that epic orchestra, it's just awesome it just adds to that feeling of mystery and they're really teasing a tremendous amount in this show you know what i'm saying yeah man there's a there's a lot they're teasing and it's it's super interesting um it's it's kind of hard to talk about this without like going into like spoilers and obviously i don't want to spoil anything but they do a really good job kind of folding in this loki because this isn't the loki that we kind of know and love like this this is loki that hasn't had any character development since the avengers and they do something um, kind of expected, but they do it in a very good way of like, hey, like, I know this isn't the Loki you knew, but this Loki is still kind of that same Loki you knew. Um, because simply put, there's just a scene where he gets to, I guess, watch his life. Long story short. And it, it makes you it made me at the very least be like, oh, OK, so like this isn't the Loki that's too far off. Um Cause I don't know, you just kind of Tom Hiddleston, I think is just such a fantastic actor. And throughout that entire scene, you're just looking at his facial expressions and, and he's showing the remorse uh, of like, you know, the actions he's done or, 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 you know, like almost this like slight, they show like a little scene of um, Thor Ragnarok when he's kind of standing right next to Thor. And 
you you can almost see like this little bit of happiness in his face that he's like, you know, like, hey, me and my brother are, are actually pretty cool. Like We are good friends. And um, again, I think Tom Hiddleston just does such a great job depicting that that I pretty quickly was like, oh, OK, actually, you know what? This isn't that Loki without that character development, which I I, th- I feel like I brought up that concern on a on a previous episode where I was like, um, like maybe I'm not going to like this as much because he he technically isn't the exact same character. You know, he's from a different timeline. Um, he's from Avengers Endgame. Um, I guess spoilers for Endgame, but uh, I mean, come on, like everyone's watched this goddamn movie. But uh, you know, they they do the time stone stuff. They go to different things, and this is the Loki that at the end of Avengers, he technically grabs the Tesseract and gets out of the the timeline. And they're trying to correct this. Um, so again, yeah, he he was just missing all that character development, and they did it in a very good way to bring in like to make the the viewer think that this Loki isn't again that far off from the Loki that we kind of grew with over the course of however many years since the Avengers. Yeah, um, and I'm glad about that. And I think uh, you know Owen Wilson's inclusion in this it's it's nice to see him because I feel like we haven't seen him in too much as of late. Uh, he kind of you know just disappeared for for a few years there, you know, doing these odd movies here and there, but him and Tom Hiddleston's uh, chemistry on screen is very noticeable. It's awesome. It's great. I love them playing off each other and I love them talking with one another to speak to. Okay. Tom Hiddleston's incredible. And I agree with you that, that scene where he's, that's the whole thing. He's, he's put through the ringer in this entire episode, but I find that Owen Wilson paired with other actors is always magic. I just feel like he just, there's something about him as a duo. You know what I'm saying? And you can yeah, think man. of so many movies where he's a duo with someone else and they yeah, like wedding crashers see- with Vince Vaughn or right. Or, and uh, even or- if the movie's got a bad plot, like perhaps I don't know how bad the plot was necessarily. Like I mentioned a couple episodes ago, like Shanghai noon, but Jack and, and Owen Wilson, that that's the highlight is those two people like playing off of each other is brilliant. Like he just mm-hmm. has some kind of a give and take that is, is really unique and he's just fun to watch. And, Tom Hiddleston's so fantastic that this is just going to be a great combination. I just think that if you, this is going to be one of those shows like Fargo season one, where if you don't like the first episode, you probably won't like the rest of the show. Yeah. Cause I think that this episode has a lot going for it and it's just exciting. And again, Loki's put through the ringer here and they really introduce some of these, some of what this uh, TVA is like this, whatever TVA stamp. Did they even see, say what the uh, time variance authority Oh, time variance authority. Yeah. And they kind of show us what it what it's about. And I think they've basically set up the rest of the MCU just with one there's one specific clip I think you can call attention yeah. to to realize yeah. where exactly they've set up the next potentially Avengers movies, the next get together movies with some of these heroes. So it's exciting. I, I think this is extremely exciting. I really enjoy watching this. Um mm-hmm. I enjoyed, I should say, watching the first episode and I'm very excited to watch it on Wednesday again. Yeah, man, me too. And I, I feel like I kind of agree with you. Like this is, I want to say peak MCU. Like this is that sort of cosmic sort of style of, you know, storytelling. They're bringing in these like, you know, space elements and stuff while still maintaining a slightly action packed. Not, there's not too much action in this episode, but there is still some, it's very well balanced as opposed to, I feel like uh Falcon in the winter, sorry, Captain Falcon in the winter man. It felt like, you know, you're, um, you know, winter soldier sort of spy espionage, like pure action packed movie. Um, albeit, I don't think it's nearly as good uh, as that movie. And then we had WandaVision, which again, like every single episode was a different era of a sitcom, which was totally different compared to the rest of the MCU. And I feel like this, 
the show, at least with this first episode, has kind of find, found this right balance of bringing in these familiar MCU elements while still being super unique and and kind of expanding the world. Yeah, yeah, mysterious. We don't know. Like, where is this going to go from here? Mm -hmm. There's a, it's funny because there's, there's like a, a scene where there's like a little girl and she points at, um, you know, like a, like a mural, like on the wall or, or like a stained glass window. And, and you see kind of like a, a devil or whatever. And, um, I like saw it and I'm like, Oh my God, are they bringing in uh, fuck? Why did I, I just totally forgot the thing's name? Mephisto. Mephisto. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God, are they actually going to bring in Mephisto? Because, uh, I don't know if anyone was keeping track, like during that, uh, WandaVision run, everyone was like, Oh, it's Mephisto. It's Mephisto. And Mephisto was like this name that was brought up a billion times. And then at the, the first episode of this show, she like points to a stained glass window and it, you know, there's like a devil. I think she's pointing at like, a like a Loki sort of looking character like this, you know, a, a demon with horns or whatever. But I don't know. I, I like saw that. And I'm like, Oh my God, like, are they actually going to do Mephisto in this show instead of WandaVision? I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> that's probably the joke. Yeah. They, they were pointing fun at, uh, maybe not actually. I don't know when this was filmed in regards to, in, in relation to WandaVision, but anyway, no, yeah. I, again, fun to watch. Definitely recommend it. If you're a fan of the Marvel cinematic universe. So I'm in. Yeah, I'm excited to see more, baby. I'm thoroughly in on this one. All righty, Adrian. Do you want to move on to the uh, the news stories for this week? No. Well, that's too bad. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As Website Deadline reports, Netflix's upcoming live-action series adaptation of the famous Cowboy Bebop anime series will officially be musically scored by original Cowboy Bebop anime composer Yoko Kano. This news was announced by way of Netflix's Geeked Week hype event, in which multiple Cowboy Bebop cast members came together via a promotionally recorded video conferencing call to tease the series and its upcoming fall release window. The original anime follows a band of space bounty hunters as they search the galaxy for criminals. Netflix's live-action adaptation stars John Cho as Spike Spiegel, Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine, and Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black, among others. Adrian, what did you think about this news during Geek Week about Cowboy Bebop? Well, Simon, I thought a couple of things. Ooh. So, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't have a huge attachment to Cowboy Bebop. I've, I've seen a few episodes, and I really enjoyed what I watched, and I've always meant to go back and watch the show, because this is, like, Cowboy Bebop is known as one of the great animes. It's one of those few like anime shows that have kind of like crossed over that line where even like a mainstream regular sort of, you know, non anime loving audience watches. I think of one of my best friends, uh, Peter, who, who actually referenced a few episodes ago, but he, he like does not like anime. He just doesn't. Uh, he's he's tried to watch a lot of anime series and he just can't get past those like typical anime tropes, you know, like these characters yelling and blah, 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 blah. And he just doesn't like it. Uh, he doesn't like any sort of like Japanese role playing games, nothing like that. But Cowboy Bebop is the one anime series and one, I guess, yeah, anime in general that he genuinely just loves. Um, he really likes uh, Your Name, actually. So that's actually another one. And he likes like the Hayao Miyazaki movies as well, the Studio Ghibli movies. But other than those, yeah, again, he just doesn't like it. And Cowboy Bebop, I, I, I would guess, is the only series that he genuinely loves. And a lot of that has to do with how great the music of this series is. And um, 
although I haven't watched all of the show, like I've listened to the soundtrack because it's awesome. It's like this groovy sort of jazzy, almost like space at opera esque music. And Yoko Kano, um, who again is the, is the composer for this show, her coming back and bringing that same sort of flavor into this live action is a very great sign that they're trying to make this a faithful and proper live action adaptation of this series. And I'm, I'm very happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I was going to say too, in, in that regard. Like, I feel like that's one of those, one of those things I was seeing as comments on the, on that video. Cause I think they, they launched that announcement video on Twitter and they kind of, a lot of comments were saying, Oh, I see this is, they're actually maybe going a direction that I'm going to believe in here. Uh, mm-hmm. For at least for the fans of the the actual anime, so that's really cool. And uh, that video, actually, the announcement video, I really like that video. There's something yeah. about that, and the music is really good. And I almost, I almost want to download the the soundtrack to listen to it because it, there's something about the way the actors are like bobbing their heads and stuff like that. I just feel like they're all just uh, they're just loving it. And I yeah, I'm man, kinda, I'm kind of curious about this show, and I was not before. So I'm I'm they maybe they got me. Because it, it's something I watched it once and I'm like, that's a really light kind of teaser announcement. That's really mm-hmm. light. And then I was writing this, uh, writing this news story for our document here, mm-hmm. and I watched it again. And I was like, There's something about this. And then I watched it another three times. And I was like, Why do I like this so much? And it's just yeah. a teaser. It's just a teaser. And the music is really good. So I, I'm curious. I'm curious. And I, I kind of have again. I, I kind of get the vibes. You're, you're you're giving off and the people in the comments were given off and that they i can see them doing something good with this show maybe it's not going to mm-hmm. be a disaster there's so many of these live action adaptations that are just not good yeah or at least not regarded as good yeah exactly like i, I brought I, I brought up the death note like american live action action adaptation. that's on netflix isn't that a netflix adaptation it is it is indeed and like again like people freaking hated that but i don't know like i i still liked it um but yeah, I'm quite excited to see what they're going to do with this live action show. I'm definitely going to go back and I'm going to watch the series because it's fairly short. It's 26 episodes. And I think they have a, like a movie or two that you can watch uh, that takes place, I think, during it or j- just after it. So I'm definitely going to go back and watch the series. I've watched, I want to say, at least 10 of those like first episodes, if not more uh, or let like give or take a couple episodes. So um, I'm definitely intrigued. And I feel like this actually might be something an anime like if you are going to watch one I've, I've recommended attack on titan again i think that's one of the like it's one of my favorite shows period it's so freaking good but i feel like if you're going to watch an anime i think this might be the one to watch before this live action show comes out and most notably because i know like a lot of people compare um firefly which is a show that you really love uh the joss whedon sort of space cowboy show um to this show because again, they're fairly similar in, in, in theme. And, uh, you know, it's like this, this like cast of characters that go on these little adventures together, like in space while being kind of like cowboys slash bounty hunters or whatever. I, I'm not, I never got into Firefly, but, um, again, I don't think like Firefly was directly based off Cowboy Bebop. I don't think that's ever been said, but I, I do know that there are a lot of people that, you know, compare these two shows. So I feel like this might be a good, uh, place for you to jump into um because again i know you don't really love anime um either um but again P- peter doesn't he, he adores the show 
And to put it into perspective, like Cowboy Bebop, it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, there's not a single bad review for it. Yeah, it's incredible. I just, uh, yeah, I do really like Firefly. There's a something about this idea of space cowboys, and I didn't, uh, I wasn't well educated on Cowboy Bebop in the first place. So to find out that it was about space cow- cowboys, this this sort of space opera, and it's got mm. this pretty groovy music. I don't know. You're right. Maybe it is. It's tempting here. It's tempting. This is just. Uh, there's so many animated series being announced now too. It's, there's something, something there as well. I feel like in general, yeah, it, it's interesting. It's interesting. I, I, I'm, I don't know. There's like a resurgence. Like this isn't an animated show now. It's anime turning into live action. But Netflix is very invested in making really cool animated shows too. So I just, mm-hmm. yeah, I got a lot to consider in terms of what I'm going to watch next if I'm going to watch an animated show specifically. So eh, 26 episodes, you said? Is that what you yeah. said? 26? That's not very yeah, 26. much. Are they an hour or 30 minutes? The 30-minute episodes. So like, you can get through the entire season in a day, realistically. Huh. Yeah, just it's tempting. So it's a tempting one. And uh, it's kind of interesting because I know – so like I – if you have Funimation, uh, which I do, like the entire series is on there in both English and Japanese. However, I think the vast majority of the English dub is also on YouTube, funnily enough. Like you can just watch the entire series on YouTube. That's weird. Why? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They put that on there by choice or somebody ripped it off and just put it up on YouTube? I imagine someone just ripped it off. Oh, yeah. yeah but, so I'm looking. So it doesn't have every episode. Um, it has episodes like one, two, three. Not as much of a fan of that. You would think that it would be copyright struck or something. No? Maybe they're just, yeah. Maybe they like, just don't, they're not on it for some reason. I don't know, like Funimation, again, it has all 26 episodes, all in English and Japanese. And I'm not, you'd think like Funimation would be like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> um, I don't know if they, they own the distribution rights or not to it, but I don't yeah. know. Interesting stuff. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting indeed. All righty then. Number two, as Publication Variety reports, Austin Powers creator Mike Myers will play seven characters in his upcoming Netflix TV series now called Pentaveret. The comedy series will be half hour in length and will also star Keanu actor Keegan-Michael Key, Goodfellas actor Debbie Mazar, and community actor Ken Jeong. The show is meant to follow a Canadian journalist out to investigate five significant people throughout history that dramatically influenced world events since the 1346 Black Plague. Adrian, Mike Myers is back. What are you thinking? I was thinking, where the hell has he been? Like, what happened to this guy? Um, Yeah. It's kind of cool to have him back. Like, Austin Powers plays a significant part in my childhood. Like I have a lot of attachment to those like three movies. And I feel like a lot of my sense of humor has come from those movies. They like they shaped me in my youth. And and I, I genuinely adore those three movies. They're not all great, but they're just hilarious. And I love that style of humor. And I I always liked Mike Myers comedies. I feel like I've watched many of them, e- even like the the ones that aren't regarded well. Like, um, which I guess is like, what's that? What's his last one called where he plays like some sort of. I feel like it's a relatively offensive movie where he plays like a uh, yoga instructors. Oh, the love guru or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was, yeah. The love guru, which I feel like was like in hindsight, a little bit re- offensive. Like, <laughs> Cause I think he plays like a middle Eastern man. 
Um, it's only like 14% on Rotten Tomatoes, but I remember like watching that movie and be like, this is just stupid funny. Like I, I just really like Mike Myers, the way he does things and his style of humor. And obviously, I mean, like he's goddamn Shrek, man. He's Shrek, baby. We brought up Shrek like a week ago and how like, you know, Shrek and Shrek two are really great movies. And, um, like he, yeah, he literally pays, plays Shrek. And then there's, you know, like Wayne's world, which I remember watching when I was a kid too. And, and really liking, I don't know, like, it's nice to have Mike Myers back. I really missed this guy. And I feel like him being attached with, you know, Ken Jong and Keegan-Michael Key are really good things. I'll be honest, I don't know too much about Debbie Mazar. I haven't really heard of her or seen her in much as far as I'm aware. Um, do you know her from anything? Uh, well, she's in Goodfellas. I don't, I, I'm not that well-versed on Debbie Mazar. I just put her in there because they, they, they announced a couple cast members. A few well-known actors, and she was one of them. So mm. I just, yeah. yeah. But obviously, yeah, we're familiar with the other two fellas. The other two good fellas. Yeah, exactly. Ken Jeong and Keegan-Michael Key. Mm-hmm. I just think it's crazy he's going to be playing seven characters, man. Seven. He's playing seven <laughs> characters. In Austin Powers, he plays four. So that's like a... Yeah. He's he's really going for it on this. And I, I love that like he does that type of thing. He's one of the... I don't think there's that many actors that really do that. <laughs> like just play multiple versions and does them in a way that they're all pretty iconic. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm curious about it. It's also a TV series, which is cool. Just a, mm-hmm. a note about Mike Myers. He was in Bohemian Rhapsody for, for one thing. So oh. He's not been gone forever. Like he's been doing some weird, like yeah. small things. But maybe he's just cashing in on that Austin Powers money. So yeah, I, I honestly do black. not remember him at all in um, Bohemian Rhapsody. He's like the uh, the agent guy. He's like the is he? He's like no, you're not doing Bohemian Rhapsody. He's like oh, no, okay. we're not. That's not happening. See, he's that good. He chameleoned in. You you don't remember that scene though, right? He's telling he's telling him no. No, like it definitely rings a bell, but I I just don't remember him in that movie. So it's going to throw and he kind of like fires them, but like he's telling Mm -hmm. Freddie Mercury, no, this is a terrible idea. We're not doing this. And then they end up doing it anyway. Anyway. Yeah. The history behind that movie, like real quick, like Bohemian Rhapsody and how like all the members of Queen were like, we need equal screen time for each member. So that that's why like, there's like so many of these like quick shots of like the other actors just nodding their head and stuff like that. Cause they had to have like the same amount of screen time or something. Yeah. And I don't know, you know, it's just these scenes with these characters nodding their head. It's like, you know, like yeah. Queen is a band. We're all just as important as Freddie Mercury, despite him dying and then us never releasing anything iconic since. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It is a good movie, though. I, I do like it. And it was nominated for Best Picture, so it's not like it was badly badly regarded. Yeah. And I guess Rami Malek had enough screen time considering he won. Yeah, Best, best actor. actor. He did yeah. do an amazing job. Again, it's like a fine movie. I just didn't love it. I didn't think it was the best thing ever. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I'm excited for Me this. Me too. I'm, I'm seriously, I, the, the plot, that the plot description, great. And the fact that he's playing seven characters, great. And so I just want to see what this is. Yeah. Mike yeah. Myers. What a classic. What a classic man. Alrighty. Number three. During Netflix's Geeked Week event, Netflix hyped and announced the details for a tremendous number of video game adapted properties. <gasps> Coming off of the success of the fourth and final season of Castlevania, Netflix delivered some more details about their animated Castlevania spin-off series. The new series is designed to follow Richter Belmont, ancestor to 
Castlevania's Trevor Belmont during the French Revolution in 1792. Netflix also announced an upcoming League of Legends animated series called Arcane, showed off a brief teaser trailer for The Witcher Season 2, and hyped the upcoming Derek Kolstad-written Splinter Cell animated TV show based upon developer Ubisoft's ever-popular but forsaken stealth video game series. Speaking of developer Ubisoft, two new Far Cry animated properties were teased to also be in development. The first has a brief teaser trailer, was developed by Castlevania producer Adi Shankar, and is called Captain Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon Remix a series based upon the early 90s video game style Far Cry 3 add-on, Blood Dragon. The second Far Cry animated TV show looks to be a more Far Cry classic type series, but Netflix simply showed off the Far Cry logo and left the rest up to our collective imaginations. Additionally, a teaser trailer was shown for the upcoming Fleischer style animated Cuphead TV series with an announcement that actor Wayne Brady would be voicing Cuphead antagonist King Dice. And finally, Netflix revealed the cast to the upcoming Resident Evil live-action TV series. Ella Belinska, Tamara Smart, Sienna Agudong, Adeline Rudolph, and Paula Nunez have all joined the cast, with lost actor Lance Reddick headlining as infamous villain Albert Wesker. Adrian, this is a lot of news, all-in-one news story here about Geeked Week and the number of video game ad- adaptations that they're handling all at once. What mm-hmm. are you thinking about this information overload? Well, Simon, there's a lot to unpack here. So I'm going to actually start at the bottom this time Ooh, um, with Lance Reddick being cast to play the infamous villain, Albert Wesker. Yes. I cannot even put into words how great of a casting decision this is. Lance Reddick, I think, is... Honestly, such an underrated actor. I love him in absolutely everything he's in. He has like such an amazing screen presence whenever he's on. Funnily enough, we talked about Horizon uh, Zero Dawn. He actually plays a character in that uh, video game as well. And again, Lance Reddick is just so great. He's amazing in Fringe, that TV series, which I freaking love. Again, he's in um, John Wick 2, I think. He's in so many He's like John, John Wick one. Oh, he is in John Wick one as well. I think he's in all the John Wick movies. Oh man, in John Wick three. Yeah, I think John John Wick movies. He's just in all of them. But yeah, like he's just such a great actor, and again, incredibly underrated. Uh, he just uh, once once again, like he just demands such a presence on screen, and I feel like he does a he's the perfect choice to play this like badass sort of intimidating villain that's just gonna say a bunch of incredible one-liners, I imagine. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm very excited about this. I don't know the rest of the cast all that well, I'll be honest with you. But just seeing Lance Reddick on the cast list, I'm sold. I'm excited. I can't wait for this series. I'm on a huge Resident Evil kick as of late. And with uh, Resident Evil, like the animated series, Infinite Darkness launching early July. I'm so stoked, dude. I can't wait for this uh, Resident Evil sort of reboot stuff. It's weird because they're doing like, three sort of reboots well not necessarily three reboots but they're you know they're gonna have this live action tv series which is separate from the live action movie series that's been recently rebooted and then again they have their like animated uh tv series that's coming that's directly tied into the games like it's a sequel to i believe like takes place after uh, resident evil 4 so it's really cool what's 
it's nuts really, how many there are. It's yeah, kind of insane. Like why yeah, do like them it, all at once? It's kind of a weird choice. That's exactly what I'm saying is like, it's cool that they're doing all of this, but it feels like an overload. Like all of this is coming out within like six months of each other, which is bananas. Yeah. It's strange. Um, well, actually, I don't know if they announced the exact date that this Resident Evil live action TV series is coming. But again, Infinite Darkness is uh, less than a month away. I know the Resident Evil like reboot movie series. I, I want to say it's in September with like Caius Scodelario and, and, and stuff like that, um, which I'm super excited for. Yeah, man, I, I think this is great. I, I'm super into it. Um, I guess from working bottom up, uh, the Cuphead TV series, they showed a brief teaser. It was about, I want to say maybe two minutes long. And, um, you know what? I'm going to kind of double back on what I said a couple weeks back when we brought this up. Good. Cause otherwise I was just going to completely disagree with you. Yeah. Like I think no. the animation style, I don't think it looks exactly like the series, but they are doing a very good job trying to make it faithful faithful the reason why you think that i think is because of the film grain they just avoided the film grain they just didn't put film mm. grain on it and there's film grain on the game so if you play the game it's using fleischer animation style it's like that classic like betty boop type uh you ever yeah. seen like the betty boop animation yeah. that's the style they, they follow in the game and then they just threw on a like a filter like a film grain filter above the whole game and then they kind of they frame out the sides as well to go almost like go with like the idea of like the projection type of scenario in the game, I believe as well. And so that's the, that's where their art kind of, they just kind of take it to the next level in the game. But I, mm -hmm. I think they just try to avoid doing that because they didn't want to do it too extreme. They want to kind of welcome modern audiences maybe, but the, yeah. I think they're doing that Fleischer style. So it is the same. It's just, yeah. they're not throwing that extra filter there. I think that that's mm -hmm. the difference. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks great. Like, uh, I don't know. Again, I, I'm probably not going to watch this. I don't care enough about Cuphead. Uh, I don't like the game. I think it's way too hard. And <laughs> I was just like, screw this. And I'm not really like attached to like a Fleischer style, like animated series in general, or really that older sort of style, um, of like TV. Like I never really watched many of them. I'm, again, I'm aware of like Betty Boop and stuff, but I don't know. It's not really like it, this definitely isn't hitting the spot for me, but I do want to again, double back and like correct myself and say like, it does seem like they they are really going for that aesthetic, and and it's cool that they are. Um, are are you interested in this? Because I know you liked the Cuphead game. I just think the art is beautiful, and that's kind of the main reason I'd watch it. I think that uh, I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think that if it's, I think it might be something I'll watch. It's like a Saturday morning cartoon type scenario. Like I might just watch yeah. it, you know, while I'm at work, maybe on break and things like that, because it just looks really fun. Like it's just so, very very light. It seems like, and I'm curious. Yeah, it's like a, it's just enough to draw you in, kind of. I think so. Yeah, I really do like the game's art style. I think it's just brilliant, and playing that game, just the way it's animated in every way, it just makes me keep wanting to play it. It's so difficult, though. So it's it's also pushing me away at the same time. But I just, yeah, uh, yeah I, I do want. I, I'm curious. I'm curious how many episodes there are going to be, and I, I might I might check it out. It's not something that I'm ruling out for sure. It, it does yeah. look really good. That trailer was good too. Like Wayne Brady, I agree. Brady seems like a great choice for for that character for king yeah Dice. yeah wayne brady best known for his uh role as the host and whose line is it anyways <laughs> yeah yeah i know he, i know he's in uh like the, he, he did a lot of stuff with uh dave chappelle back in the day as well like he was in the, the chappelle show a lot so right um, yeah like so it's pretty cool uh to see him being kind of like brought into this but again i, I don't think it's enough to bring me in who knows like if it's incredibly well reviewed and maybe I'll jump into it, but uh, as of now, I'm not fully sold on it. Uh, but again, that's fair. Like, that's fair. I didn't care for the the game series. Um, 
I'm going to probably jump over to like the Castlevania spinoff news. This is awesome. I am so incredibly happy about this, you know, spinoff series, you know, following like, uh, like, like Richter Belmont, who's again, the ancestor to Trevor Belmont. Um, I'm not fully aware of, you know, like, again, I've mentioned before, I'm not fully aware of like Castlevania's lore, but if I'm going to get, just get more of the same or, or, or more on this like expanded world that's now taking place in a totally different era. Hell yeah, man. Count me in. I'm curious what they're going to do with this. Cause the way the, the Castlevania show ends, it's very well done. It's well wrapped. It, it, it seems neat and tidy. Like there's kind of a bow on top. Um, but I can definitely see like how they can bring more to this because again, this, this show is taking place hundreds of years after the original Castlevania show. So I don't know. I'm very excited about this and I hope they can recreate the same special sauce that they did with the original Castlevania series and maintain this really awesome animation style and bring in this like in intelligent writing and, and, and again, another great cast of people, I hope uh, to play these characters. And I'm curious if it can live up to the original Castlevania series and, and how they're going to tr- find ways to top what they've already done or make it a little bit more unique. Again, just this new setting in general, I feel like this is super cool and you can do some really awesome stuff instead of, you know, like having this, I guess, uh, I don't know exactly. It, it, the, the, the original Castlevania is a little bit more like high fantasy, um, not necessarily like orcs and elves and stuff like that, but, you know, like they're using like whips and, you know, magic spells and, you know, swords and sorcery sort of style thing. So like, what are you going to do by bringing it into like 1792, like this French Revolution aesthetic? I don't know. I feel like this could be really, really great. Um, yeah. You still need to watch the Castlevania show. I really want you to watch it. I feel like you so, would like this. So you said earlier that I should watch Cowboy Bebop as an anime. Which mm-hmm. anime is the preferred show to watch here, Adrian? Which one are you recommending me most? That's my question. Um, I don't know. That's a hard one. Uh, well, Castlevania is not necessarily an anime because it's not like Japanese style anime. Like this is American right. anime. It's, it's kind of like uh, your Avatar The Last Airbender very obviously influenced by Japanese anime, but it's its own thing and, and, and it's different. Um, again, Let's I've just only put them in a category of animated shows, like of, greatness. um, if well, I you had to, you're, if you're I... about to say you haven't watched all of cowboy bebop. So you I haven't, is that what you're about to say? Yeah. Kind of, but I, I know like cowboy bebop is, I guess, better regarded. I think in terms of just timing, yeah, maybe watch cowboy bebop just cause the, the live action show is coming out in a few months. Um, but realistically, if you were only going to watch one anime, Watch Attack on Titan, baby. God damn it, I love that show. So, I, that so wasn't good. an option here. I gave you. Two I'm giving you that option. You, I'm. I'm you bringing a in a third door. baby. There is no third door, Adrian. There's only two. I made it. Okay. All right. All right. What else are you seeing from this news? What else are you excited about here? Um, this the, is the Geeked Week. The Geeked Week news. I'm talking about. For video yeah, games. no. There's there's so much to goddamn unpack here. Um, again, the Far Cry stuff's pretty cool. I don't want to talk too much about that. Um. But the Blood Dragon sort of remix thing made by Adi Shankar, who, again, is a producer on Castlevania. And Adi Shankar has done a lot of really cool shit, man. Um, I don't know if you remember, like, a few years back, uh, he actually developed this, like, pa- like R-rated Power Rangers sort of, like, mini movie, like, short film, which was, oh, right. yeah, freaking was awesome. Um, yeah. Like, this guy definitely has vision and, and definitely knows what he's doing, and and with the blood dragon, it's like this super neon, like bright, like weird sort of science fiction 
thing while like having like freaking dinosaurs running around with, you know, just very bright and colorful. So uh, I feel like he can do a lot of really cool stuff uh, with that. Um, what a, however, sorry. what a weird thing to be focused on though, in terms of like, if you're going to adapt a video game, like it's, yeah. a, it's an add on, it's a DLC for Far Cry three. Yeah. It's, it's a not standalone even the game. Yeah. Like it, it is, but it's so funny because it just seems so far off the beaten path, but I guess that's kind of what he does. Cause he's getting made an R rated power Rangers yeah show so yeah um but yeah i don't know like i'm curious about that i don't love far cry i think it's a pretty cool series and i think uh, they do some cool stuff but i'm not like fully sold on it but with adi shankar attached and him doing this like kind of unique sort of twist on it um hell yeah man i'll I'll definitely give it a try at the very least uh the the second like far cry animated series that's like meant to be a little bit more classic um i mean they they potentially i mean yeah it's kind of a Looks yeah, they to be, but we don't really know, do we? It, yeah, they haven't re- revealed enough for me to really be interested in. I mean, every Far Cry is a different story. It's usually like, hey, you're you're this character, and there's some big baddie that's like a tyrant or whatever, just a total asshole that's killing a bunch of people, and it's like, what are you going to do? Um, and I know, like, I, I feel like Far Cry 3 was really the, the, the one that brought this series to the mainstream with its story and, like, uh, it's interesting, like, you know, villains, um, probably, you know, like w- when anyone thinks of like Far Cry and their villains, people usually bring up this character named Voss from Far Cry 3, uh, who was actually played by um, Michael Mando, Michael Mondo, who uh, most recently is in Better Call Saul, actually. And he plays Nacho in Better Call Saul. And he's such an amazing actor and does such a great job. Um depicting that and and again he did a really great job in what i played of far cry 3 but again i, I just don't love the series it's, it it doesn't do enough for me to make me interested in this i don't know about you i uh i like it okay i feel like uh ubisoft i like ubisoft as a developer but they they do a lot of things good but they don't i feel like they not uh, i almost want to say go through the motions with a lot of their their games like they have like for instance assassin's creed odyssey they, it's massive even yeah. the amount of systems in Far Cry 5, it's a lot of stuff in there, but none of it's like something that I would say, wow, that's incredible. Nothing's Red Dead Redemption 2 level or The Witcher 3 level or The Last of Us level. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah. Like They never attain that greatness. It's good, but could it be better? And that, that's, the, that's the question. It's, like it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you on that. And um it's interesting because Ubisoft's really going ham in like bringing their video game properties to life. Like um, again, like in this uh, write up, uh, they're talking about like the Splinter Cell animated series that they're making, despite them not making a Splinter Cell game for like over a decade at this point. Which is I love how you said they. I wrote this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're talking about. I I am talking about. I wrote the oh. write up. <laughs> okay, whatever. I didn't just copy and paste it from somewhere. <laughs> I'm throwing shade at the fact that. They're just forsaken Splinter Cell, okay? But yeah, but you know what I'm what I'm saying? Like they're coming out with that series, and uh, despite not having a game forever, and even uh, I think I feel like I don't know if we talked about this on this show, but I remember like they're like the Division property, which is like based on some sort of like plague, like the money virus, the money flu, or whatever the whatever the hell it's called, and then casting Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain to play the main. Guyland Hall um, to be like the main characters of that. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Like they're definitely going all in. Like they want to be this like multimedia 
they want to have a bunch of multimedia properties. And I, I mean, you can't really like fault them. And again, like you, you brought up uh, mythic quest, like they, they're producing that show, even though that show's not necessarily about their games. So that's pretty cool. Like I, I like what Ubisoft is doing, but I tend to agree with you. Like they, they make some really good games, but nothing that's spectacular. Great. Yeah. I think is like the best. of the I best. really like what, a lot of what watchdogs has to offer like watchdogs one specifically and there's mm-hmm. moments i think i even i don't know if i said it on this show but i cried at one point in that i was like wow the game made me cry it was impressive at one point and you might be thinking out there wow you're you're some kind of dork you're a dork how you cried during watchdogs mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyway um yeah i don't know like they've 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 hit a nerve occasionally like they've hit it in emotional tones they've done some good really really good stuff like i know you like assassin's creed odyssey as well I don't yeah, know. They, yeah, they adore some, that. They have their moments. They have their moments. It's just, I just find that they, I wish they would just maybe focus up a be little better. more. Yeah, be better. I mean, Mario plus Rabbids, like on the Nintendo Switch, that game's freaking awesome. That game's really good, actually. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, like they, they just uh, teased another game, I think, hours after, or sorry, hours before we're recording this, like another Rabbids Mario, Super Mario. I don't yeah. really know. It's just like a cinematic trailer. I'm not really sure what this is because it's like I, a strategy I the, type game. Yeah, yeah, it's like a XCOM style, like tactics based sort of, um, not not really a shooter, but yeah, like a tactical sort of game where you like set up yeah. your units and you take out other units on the screen. It's really fun. I really enjoy it. I'm not sure how the sequel is going to go though. It just, it was, it, I was like, I'm not really gathering <laughs> what the, the way the sequel is going to develop. Yeah. I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched any of that event. I'll be honest with you. Cause I was at work all day. So oh, I'm awesome. all like, I have a work meeting in the morning, uh, but after that I'm, I'm off the rest of the day. So I'm going to watch like the square Unix conference and the Xbox conference. And then I'll probably uh, jump back and watch the Ubisoft and like developer digital conference and stuff. But um, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I don't know. I'm curious about that, but uh, really the, I guess there, there is the Witcher two uh, or sorry, Witcher season two coming out. But again, I never watched season one, so I'm not really attached to this at all. Like I don't really care. Maybe I'll watch it uh, eventually, like Witcher, but um, currently I'm just not really interested in it. How did you feel about that teaser? I didn't watch it once again. It's so short. Like, there's not a lot to it. It's oh. uh, it, it makes me excited, though, because I did enjoy The Witcher 1. That that first season, sorry, The Witcher 1 sounds like I'm talking about the video game. No, yeah. The Witcher season one, um, which I thought was pretty good. I just think that they had weird timeline issues where they didn't make it super clear where they were going with things in terms of timeline. It kind of felt a little bit too messy for my tastes. I think it could have been more clean. And I think they can improve with season two, and I think they might learn from these mistakes. But that teaser was definitely was like, ooh, more of The Witcher is coming. I'm excited. But I don't really have – I don't think they even have a date, do they? I didn't see I don't one. think so. Um... Wait, the Netflix is interesting, actually. Netflix doesn't always release their dates until like sometimes weeks Like before. a month or two, yeah. Like a uh, great example of that was Master of None. Like they barely gave us any time. Yeah. Or even like The Woman in the Window. Like that. I remember. Uh, well, that. Yeah, that was. That a, was announced like yeah. a billion years ago. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, it's coming out in like two weeks. Yeah, that was the one I think they were trying to like shovel under the rug or whatever. Yeah. Like sweep under the rug. Why would they say shovel? Why would you shovel something? Under I just rug? shovel everything under the rug all the time. Sweep. Sweep yeah. under the rug because they, I think they were a little bit embarrassed about that one. That one, that one has a rocky past, but yeah. Um, but yeah, anyways, the final thing I, I guess to unpack from this, this, this in-depth story you have written is 
The League of oh, thanks Legends. Thanks for giving me credit. Credit finally here. I appreciate hey, no worries, the credit. Man. I, no worries. You wrote this entire story. It's super well written. You're fantastic. Never forget. Oh, come on. Now you're being partner. sarcastic. Thanks. Keep up the good work, partner. Wow. Um, but uh, it's kind of interesting because like Netflix also announced this uh, League of Legends animated series called Arcane. And this looks – it was a brief teaser, but the animation style alone – has me sold on this. It's kind of funny because I mentioned how the animation style for Cuphead didn't have me sold, but the animation style for this really does. I think it looks really, really good. I'm not a huge League of Legends fan. I'll be honest with you. I played a couple games on like my computer and like um, the, the community was incredibly toxic. So I was like, screw this. I'm not going to play this anymore. Um, and then more recently, they released it on mobile. So I, I've been uh, playing it here and there on my on my phone. I haven't played it in the past like month or so, but when it launched, like, you know, I played it for like a few like weeks and it's a really fun game. And they have this like this this crazy cast of characters that seem to have like, you know, big backstories and and the way they like, you know, kind of like very, like the way they're kind of designed. And and it seems like uh, I guess Riot Games, the, the developer of League of Legends, put a lot of care into like this game that they created and the into the world that they're creating with these with these characters and like kind of uh, their personalities and it's cool to see them finally um, kind of expanding that. And for people that aren't super into the, 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 the game, I guess uh, to see these characters and kind of expand on the, their stories and, and, and see where they're taking this uh, Riot Also, I mean, this was, I think like a year or so ago, but they're, they're also making like a league of legends, like um, turn-based like role-playing game that's coming out this year on like consoles for the first time. So like, um, the first like ever League of Legends sort of property not on PC, which is super cool. And and they're they're doing a lot with this brand, um, which initially like when they announced all this stuff, not, not the series, but like those games, I was like, I feel like this is, might be like too little too late. Like League of Legends has been a thing for over a decade and I know it's still popular, but I feel like maybe maybe you missed your chance. But I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think. I think this is going to bring in a big audience, um, whether you are a League of Legends fan or whether you're just a fan of like animated shows and, and the animation style that they're trying to depict here. And uh, I don't know that 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 trailer, I think it was what, like two minutes, maybe three minutes long, uh, starring like one of their mo- more iconic characters, Jinx. And I don't really know what the hell is going on, but I'm like, this seems pretty damn cool. Like, I'm I'm definitely interested in it. I know you have a little bit more history with League of Legends like you used to play it back in the day um what what do you think about this series arcane like does this intrigue you whatsoever it does i don't know what video this is because i didn't even know there was a video i thought it was just screenshots because everywhere i went they didn't seem to have the video posted and i thought i I was just uh i was kind of looking here while you spoke about about the the video and the, the hype behind the series and i i was looking for the teaser isn't it just 20 seconds like is there long is it longer than 20 seconds is there a teaser i'll have to take it a look at it later but regardless yeah i would say two minutes long oh i have to take a look i must have just seen the teaser to the teaser here uh but regardless the um i do have a history with league of legends i used to play that like every night it was a a nightly thing for me in the first two years three years of uh, university i don't know if i was ever really good (laughs) but i used to play it like with friends and i don't know about every night but it was it was something that was a very social game for me for sure and i i spent a long time on it and i i did i was always impressed with the cinematic trailers that they had for the show for the for the game it was something that they always had really really great trailers that reminded me very akin to the concept of uh 
old the old Republic MMORPG mm-hmm. type trailers that came out Star for Wars. that game. Yeah, this yeah specifically the Star Wars uh, MMORPG and the, the how people really kind of wanted Star Wars like Lucas at the time. I don't think I don't think it was owned by Disney when that game came out. But I'm sure they kind of want Disney to make an animated show that was kind of based on that concept of the Old Republic because of those trailers for for that game. This game as well, League of Legends, for years, they were consistently making, churning out these really cool five-minute movies. Like, they're small clips of these characters fighting each other in various ways. They're like small shorts for League of Legends. And I've, I was always impressed with them. I thought they were always really cool. Uh, I, again, I have to take a look at this trailer to see if the animation style is similar, but that's something I, I kind of was interested. I always thought I would watch this. If they released this as a show or a movie, I think I'd watch this. And now they're making a show. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, I might watch this. Cool. I have enough interest in these characters and there's a lot of lore in these characters. Like they've spent a long time developing exactly their moveset, what their backstories are, who, who they're, how they're related to the other characters in the game. And it could be really, really good. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious, and uh, I'll look at reviews and potentially watch it as well. Lots of shows here, lots of shows. So, yeah, man, it's exciting times ahead with uh, for Netflix. It is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Week seems like it was a good idea. Honestly, it was kind of smart. Like they they did it at the right time, especially for like lining up day five, which was video game centric, with the rest of with like the starting of E three. Yeah, I think that was smart. It was it was really well designed, and they even had Jeff Keighley uh, do some of the announcements for I don't know which ones which properties exactly, but they did some he did some of the Netflix announcements, and he had just previously done a show his own show for Summer Games Fest for like this E three type hype train. So I, I thought that that was really kind of a neat lineup where he's basically on these two kind of differing industry panels or industry marketing hype trains two massive industries so it's it's neat it's neat mm-hmm. i agree yes indeed now on to the montage a sequence of our show in which i briefly present the week's smaller news stories as adrian delivers a brisk verdict number one as deadline reports speed racer actor christina ritchie has been cast in director lana Wachowski's upcoming matrix 4 starring keanu reeves oh right on christina ritchie uh, I know her best from uh, her role as Cat in the 1995 Casper live-action movie, which I love. Ooh. Number two. As Variety reports, Seth MacFarlane's movie following the foul-mouthed teddy bear, Ted, is officially being made into a TV series that is set to air on NBC streaming service Peacock. I enjoyed the first Ted movie, but I never watched the second Ted movie. Oh. Number three. As publication The Hollywood Reporter notes... The Good Place actor Jamila Jamil has been cast as a villain Titania in the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus series She-Hulk. Ooh, okay. I really love her in The Good Place, and that's really actually the only place I think I've seen her. So cool. Bring her in. It's a it's a good place this year. Number four, as tech website The Verge reports, Network Stars is suing Disney for trademark infringement due to Disney's upcoming launch of the very similar-sounding Disney-branded streaming service Star Plus in Latin America. That is fairly similar-sounding because it four out of the five things in that are the same. However, Disney has a plus sign instead of a Z. Four, four out of the five things. Mm. Four of the five things. Yeah. 
Because the plus sign is not, not like it's not a letter. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. That's okay. All right. Seemed a bit, a bit lazy, but okay. Wait, you want me to call it symbols? Number five. As Deadline reports, The Walking Dead actor Dan Fogler, Sneaky Pete actor Giovanni Ribisi, and Fargo actor Colin Hanks have all been cast in The Offer, an upcoming Paramount Plus TV series about the making of The Godfather. Oh, okay, okay. I never watched The Godfather, nor do I know anything about the making of The Godfather. However, I do know Al Pacino is in it. Number six. As Variety reports, production studio New Line Cinema will develop a The Lord of the Rings anime film called The Lord of the Rings, The War of the Rohirrim. The film is set to follow Rohan King Helm Hammerhand and the history behind the fortress Helm's Deep. This is pretty nuts. I feel, again, like we mentioned this, like everyone's doing some sort of anime, animated style thing and... And this is pretty cool. This is like supposed to be a theatrical release as well. I don't know, I find this fairly unique and I feel like they can do some cool stuff with this. Number seven, as Variety reports, NBC's streaming service Peacock is making a MacGruber TV series with original MacGruber actor Will Forte and legendary actors Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Elliott, and Mickey Rourke now also attached to the project. That's wild, that's a wild cast. Um, I never really watched MacGruber though. So I don't really care for this. Number eight, as Deadline reports, the Hulu original limited series based upon the story of the fraudulent medical tech company Theranos has just cast shameless actor William H. Macy and Lady Bird actor Laurie Metcalf, among others. Hmm, I've never heard of Theranos. Number nine, according to Deadline, promising young woman actor Carrie Mulligan and the big sick actor Zoe Kazan have both been cast in the biopic following the journalists who broke the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Oh, okay. I like these sort of movies. Um, these like sort of like retellings of real events and being like all like, ooh, ah. Oh, that's, that's it. That's it. Number 10. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, the planned Netflix thriller End of the Road will star Queen Latifah, Bo Bridges, and Chris Ludacris Bridges no relation. Coincidentally, Chris and Bo Bridges also previously starred together in the 2008 film adaptation for video game Max Payne. Oh my goodness, Max Payne made by Remedy Studios, I believe? And that concludes the montage. montage. <sighs> wow. So Max Payne was developed by Remedy Entertainment and Rockstar Rockstar Studios, but they only developed Max Payne 3. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Indeed. What do you got for me, Adrian? What do you got? We're I running got... a little bit late. I know. Running, I know. We're running long here. We are. Yeah, a lot of long conversation about pants. Yeah. At the beginning of this podcast, pockets, pockets of pants. Yeah, you went off. But uh, yeah, well, I lost my AirPods. They're $300. So there was no small, uh, no small price to pay. Yeah, that's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm still looking for them, still like off and on, but there's just no hope currently. So anyway, it's a sad time. Anyway, what do you got for me? What do you got for me? I got new releases for you. Ooh, yeah, baby. Let's get into it. Oh, man, I'm so tired. I apologize. So I'll try to get through this quick. We're running late. Let's try to get through this quick. The first movies that are coming out, this is for um, the week of June 14th to June the 20th, which is a seven-day stretch. It's the length of a week. 
And the first movies that are coming out are coming out on Tuesday, June the 15th. The first movie is Aquila's Aquila's Escape. This is confirmed by Apple TV. This is a video on demand movie, and it's a crime noir movie involving robbery, kidnapping, and violence, Simon. Ooh, wow. Exciting. Queen of Spades is the next movie on this list, and this is also confirmed by the Apple TV application. This is a video on demand movie, and it's a horror movie about kids jokingly calling the spirit of the Queen of Spades by saying her name in a mirror, and then shit goes south. Oh, wow. Yeah. What, like, is it just based on the sewer system, or? I don't know. Is that, it just runs north to south? That's a good pun, but I don't know. Okay. American Badger is the next movie, and this is confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer. This is a video-on-demand movie, and the trailer says that this is on Apple TV June 15th, but I'm not sure if they mean, like, Apple TV Plus or that you can just, like, buy or rent the movie on Apple TV. It's very unclear. It's weird. I feel like this is the first trailer that specifically says available on Apple TV June 15th. Huh. Or just available on Apple TV, period, I guess. And this is a movie following the uh one of the one of Jesse Pinkman's friends from Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly, actually. Who um becomes a a hitman oh. that befriends a call girl who he must now kill but doesn't want to. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. He got off the meth. Yeah. He got off the meth, I guess. And he got on to killing. Or maybe he's still on the meth. We don't know. Yeah. Makes killing easier, I bet. I like to think that uh, the Badger, um, he he moved somewhere in the country and then uh, had like a family and then he was brutally murdered by a Superman boy. <laughs> I understood that reference. Uh, the, the next movies that are coming out are coming out on Wednesday, June the 16th. The first one is a movie called Silver Skates and this is coming out on Netflix. It's about a rich girl and a poor guy that get together and presumably ice skate. Oh, okay. Yeah. Security is the next movie that's coming out on Netflix, and it's about a security man who sees everything that goes on in his little seaside town, including the corruption of innocence. Ooh. And then uh, another movie that's coming out on the 16th of June, it's kind of an odd uh, release day for a movie, is The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. And that's coming to theaters exclusively. And this is a sequel to the Ryan Reynolds and Samuel Jackson movie, The Hitman's Bodyguard. Yeah. But now it's them plus Samuel Jackson's wife in the movie. And don't we, don't we miss out? Because I think we would have watched this one because we did see yeah. Hitman's Bodyguard in theaters at the time of release. Uh, what, three years ago? Two years yeah. Ago? Yeah, we definitely did. We were so close on making it through an episode without bringing that up. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let's so move on. Close. Let's move on. Let's just get through it. Let's get through it. By the way, Salma Hayek is playing... Uh, the wife of uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Wait, isn't Selma Hayek in Hitman's Bodyguard? She's in it at the end, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The movie's not being reviewed well. It's like a 33% on Rotten oh. Tomatoes or some shit. Oh, never mind then, I guess. Who cares? I would have still watched it. It seems like. Yeah, it's such a good cast. You'd think they would have been. Oh, man. It's like a road movie with those three. It seems like a great combo. I don't necessarily think the first movie was all that well regarded, though. You'd think it would be better, though. Yeah, I don't know. They just have such a good... Those two guys, like Samuel Jackson and Ryan Reynolds. The first movie is literally a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. But they're comedic. You think you could do more with it. Just yeah. learn from your mistake. That's my point. Like, can you do better? Fair point. Anyway. I had a fun time with it. It wasn't the greatest movie, but it... It was fun. They was got fun. the chemistry. So yeah. what can you do with that to excel it in episode two? But they didn't... They did nothing. 
So actually, I'm not so disappointed with this one. Yeah. Like, I, get, I get to miss this. Oh, well. Oh, well. Anyway, what else is coming out? What else is coming out, Adrian? So we're moving on to Friday, June the 18th, Simon Dennis Eady. And, uh, okay. Good. And the first movie that's... Well, and the, well, he's coming out. Adrian. The first movie that's coming out on Friday, June the 18th um, that I wrote down here is Raruni Kenshin. The final, and this Ooh. is a uh, Netflix original film, at least uh, for us here in Canada. And it is uh, a live act. Can you stop? Can you just fucking stop? <laughs> this is a live action based on the anime Raruni Kenshin, uh, which is based on the manga Raruni Kenshin. Oh, um, Raruni Kenshin being one of my favorite anime series of all time. Oh. I loved that anime when I was young, when I was a wee boy. It's a really great anime series. I see. And uh, this 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 movie, this live action movie, it, they've done multiple of these live action movies with the same cast. I think this is the fourth one or the fifth one. And um, this is uh, supposed to be the final arc of the manga series, which I don't know is if if that's the final arc of the of, of the of the TV series. Don't don't quote me on that. But I really love that uh, show. It's really great. It's freaking awesome. Um, the next movie that's coming out, and I apologize for butchering the name of this. It's called uh, Jag Game Fend Hiram. Um, I figured, I don't know, I would just like say it real quick. Like, Jagami Thendirum. Jagami Thendirum. Um, I don't know. I've prob- we probably are butchering it, but if you say it with confidence, everyone will be like, oh yeah, Hermione. Hermione Granger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to bring in, you know, like different movies with different languages and stuff from different places in the world. And uh, that's one of them. This is a Netflix original uh, movie. And, and this movie asks the question, can a bad guy do good for a job? <laughs> what? Can a bad guy, can a bad guy do good for a job? <laughs> I'm sorry. Where did you, where did you glean this description from? I read the description and I was like, I think this is what this description is asking. Can a bad guy do good for a job? Okay. I Very vague. All right, moving on. What's next? A family is next, Simon. A family. Oh, for you or you going to start one? No, it's a Netflix original movie, Simon. You silly goose. We're on the new releases segment. And oh, okay. this, this movie, A Family, is about a guy without a family, oddly enough. Oh, oh geez. That joins the Yakuza. Oh, no. And then the Yakuza become his family. Oh, bad. Bad, bad. This guy, he's just willing to do anything for this family that yeah. he has, the Yakuza yeah. fam. Yeah. A previously good guy do bad for a job. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of family, though, you know, if, if you're a father and, and, and you have a child, you're going through what some people call fatherhood. Oh. And that's what Kevin Hart's going through in this new Netflix original movie. And Kevin Hart in this movie... He doesn't want to let his daughter down, Simon. Oh, boy. Yeah. This this doesn't seem to be a comedy movie. This seems to be a little bit more of a drama movie, and I don't think I've seen Kevin Hart and stuff like that. I don't love Kevin Hart. I don't I don't find him particularly um, hilarious in, in a lot that I've seen him in. I, I, I like some of his stuff. I like him in Jumanji, but uh, I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan. But uh, I'm definitely curious about this. Definitely curious about yeah, that. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the next movie that's coming out, and this straight up snuck up on me. I totally forgot this movie was even coming out. And it's Luca, the new Pixar movie that's releasing on Disney+. Plus. No, wild. Yeah, this, that's this Friday. So I'm definitely going to watch it this Friday, and that's something I'll bring up next week on the show. There's no doubt about that. But 
This just came out of goddamn nowhere. Am I crazy? I remember this trailer. We knew it was coming out. We knew it was coming out, but I guess I just didn't realize. I don't know. A week the after Ryan or... me, though. Yeah. Look, we're like mid June. It's kind of crazy. What the hell, man? Yeah. We're almost at episode 52. We almost did a full year of unstoppable weeks. We did almost 52 weeks in a row yeah, man. of this podcast. It's kind of impressive, I think. It's not it bad. It's, it's not, bad. not bad. Not bad at all. But, anyways, I'm very excited for Luca. It's like these kids that are like kind of like mermen. He's like, if they go into the water, they turn into these like weird fish creatures and. They live on like a, an Italian like sort of coastline. It looks really good. It looks very. Uh, it kind of. I know. I know. Coco is 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 more is Disney, but it, it gives me similar vibes to Coco. Even though Coco is like, a, I guess of that like um, like Spanish sort of Mexican heritage. Um, whoa, 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 whoa! Coco is Pixar. Was Co- it was? Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're right. You're right. I. I remember when I left that theater and I was like, there's so much music in this movie. This is weird for a Pixar movie. You're right. 100%. That's why I yeah. thought it was a Disney movie, just because there's so much music in that. It's a great movie. God, I love Coco. It is. The animation in that, there's like, a, I think it was after we saw that movie, there was like a little bit of a uh, making of. Mm-hmm. And they showed that the moment he gets to the land of the dead and the, and the amount of detail in that animation and that uh, giant wide shot. Oh, it's just beautiful. Yeah. It's really incredible. And they showed how they kind of made that in the in the making of small clip. I don't know why they showed a making of clip at the end of that movie. We kind of had to get out of there. I think it was late. Mm-hmm. We all had work in the morning. And I just remember that coming on and I was like, well, I'm not going to leave because this is really interesting. Yeah. But we kind of always stay to the end of the credits anyway. So it's not like us to leave mm-hmm. regardless, but. I was kind of surprised at it. Yeah, I also remember at the beginning of Coco, there was that like twenty minute frozen short film, like Olaf's like that big was adventure. too long, in uh, my opinion. Yeah, where I remember like sitting there and was like, I really like Frozen. I think you know Frozen One's great. I, I think Frozen Two is awesome as well, and I like Olaf as a character. Um, but yeah, like I remember yeah, sitting there and I was like, this is going on way way too. Long. I don't even know what the like hell happened. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I know. Like we. Like I've seen a lot of these Pixar shorts now and they're oftentimes these like emotionally charged type ordeals. And I didn't find that that was that way. No, I just didn't feel that attached to this. Also, especially because I hadn't even seen Frozen one at the time. Oh, yeah. I actually haven't seen it still. Oh, but (laughs) regardless. Yeah, I'm an insane person. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, I'm going to watch Luca this week. Yeah. Take that Frozen. (laughs) Jesus. You should watch Frozen uh, and and Frozen too. I really like those movies. They're, they're great. Yeah, I should. I should. I have nothing against Frozen. I'm not. I'm not just not watching it because I'm you're some kind of hipster. You're hipster. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you know? I was gonna say. <laughs> How'd you know? That was good. It was good timing. Yeah, I'm not some kind of hipster, but uh, yeah, I'm also not a doctor. Shh. Go on, Adrian. What's up next? What's up next for movies this week? Censor is the next movie, and this is confirmed by the Apple TV application. This is a video on demand movie. And it's a movie censorer that censors a horror movie that recreates a traumatic moment from her past. And she's like, yeah, what? This is a little bit way too close to my past. This is getting eerie. I'm censoring this movie. Is this actually my past? Question mark. I don't know. Looks interesting. It's well reviewed. I think it's like 80 something on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, Next movie is a movie called Love Spreads. It's confirmed by Movie Insider in the Apple TV app. This is a video-on-demand movie. And Simon, I did not write this description. And the reason I did not write this description is because I think this description's fantastic. It's a little bit of a run-on sentence. Okay. But bear with me, okay? Alrighty. And film 
about the second <laughs> about the second album difficulties being experienced by a popular new girl band whose lead singer has a creative block where another band member tries to inject her own writing style and songs and walks out when underappreciated and their long suffering manager is abused <laughs> by both the band and the record label in equal measure until a new fresh voice turns up to being the remaining band members back together whereupon a new album is created <laughs> or is recorded. Sorry. <laughs> That's wild. I love how it started with Anne. That was the best yeah. part. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just didn't think I could create anything remotely amazing the end remotely the as good it as really that did. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. and film <laughs> just, yeah it's it got me when i read that i was like holy shit this is funny so uh i just i just wanted to do that and i like the movie is not like an english movie like i, I think it's like based in um, oh some sort of so it's translated this is probably a translated description yeah but like i mean like google like, translate i mean just come. google translate tried it was an attempt by google translate yeah. they didn't bother to edit it they just <laughs> put it in there like this is it but yeah it made me laugh very hard it's just such a long sentence <laughs> like i just love how it just keeps on going it's ridiculous at least i don't think it's uh like a predominantly like english movie Check this out just to be sure. Oh no. It has maybe from Arrested Development. She's actually in it. Oh, they're they're British really? people. Oh, never mind. No way. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe that's the joke. Maybe it's the, the description's a joke on purpose. I mean, it it is labeled as a comedy. So Yeah, maybe they're drawing attention to it on purpose and uh, help. I don't know. It's a weird it's it's a weird situation. Where'd you get the description from though? Apple like, where TV is it gleaned from. Apple TV. Directly from the Apple TV app. And then when you Google this movie. No way. It's also the Google description. Okay. Love cool. spreads. I mean, it's kind of got me interested in the movie for some reason. <laughs> Did it work? Did the marketing work? I don't know. I, 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 think, I, I think I told this story. I, I don't know if I told it on the podcast, but my grandmother and her, her reaction to certain advertisements on TV, she'd see like a Kit Kat bar being advertised. Like, give me a break. Give me a break. And she's like, hmm. Right after the commercial. I'm going to go down to the corner store and buy a Kit Kat. <laughs> or like she'd see a like Kentucky Fried Chicken commercial and she'd be like, I really feel like Kentucky Fried Chicken now. It was like almost exactly off of right after the commercial. It was like they've done it. They've succeeded. She's, they've hit the target audience here. Mm. Anyway, I found that funny. Yeah. yeah. And they've done that with me. Love spreads. <laughs> You're Love all spreads. in, baby. If anything gets you going, is it's it's poorly written run-on sentences. <laughs> That's right. No, actually, I, I really dislike really bad grammar. But I think they're doing it on purpose, so I'm not sure. Anyway, regardless, what's the next movie? What's the next movie, Adrian? Stalker, Simon. And this is confirmed by m.the-numbers.com, the most reliable source on the internet and the Apple TV application. This is a video-on-demand movie, and it's about a man who befriends a rideshare driver that quickly becomes obsessed with him. Ooh. Wow. The next movie on this list is a movie called Take Back. This is also confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV application. It's a video-on-demand movie, and it's about a woman uh, who fights to take back her kidnapped daughter from a mysterious man. Oh. Uh-huh. And then the yeah. final movie coming out this week, Simon, is a movie we actually brought up uh, either last week or the week prior, and it's a movie called The Sparks Brothers. And this movie is coming to theaters, and that is uh, the Edgar Wright documentary. 
that he that he that he that he made that he directed. Indeed, yeah, I'm interested in this one. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, though, we can't watch it. I know. I know. Yeah. Don't remind me. But that's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. You brought it up first in this episode. Don't even. Don't remind me. You son of a gun. But you would have brought it up anyway. I wouldn't have brought it up. So I beat you to it, but I think you wrote it into this Mm -mm. document. Oh, yeah. Here it is. It says, mention COVID-19. You're such a little dingus. It says that right in the document. It does not say it. It says, when I talk about the Sparks Brothers, this is your words, not mine. This is ridiculous. When I talk about the Sparks Brothers movie, discuss COVID-19 and its impact on the film industry. Yeah. Nice use of the word impact. Anyway, remember thank you for listening when to the you 49th. Said, remember last week when you said come really loud on on, 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 on this recording thing for whatever reason? Yeah, I was reading despite Eric, it was, Handsome Eric's Despite it being spelled C-O-M-E, email. but you just had no, to say it. No, it was not. You're a naughty no, it was not. thinker. Well, next time, do, do you want me to next time when I read another Handsome Eric email? Because I'm, I'm sure he's going to put that kind of profanity into his next email if he ever writes in again. Do you want me to just not read it as it is? Is that what you prefer? Hmm? Is that what you're asking me to do? No, I want you to read it exactly as is, which you didn't do last time. I did. Why would I do that? I don't know. You're a weirdo, man. Do I have a history? Who who on this podcast? Ask yourself, audience. Who on your podcast? Who on this? Your podcast. Who on this podcast? Who on your podcast, listener? (laughs) Yeah. And if you don't have a podcast, I'm talking about your future podcast in five years. No. Who on this podcast has a history of using profanity? Ask yourself, audience. Ask. And I think you're going to discover that it's Adrian. It's Adrian Pinter of the Pinter family. That's all I'm saying. That's not Thank true. you for listening to the That's 49th episode of Split Focus, uh, a you're film wrong. and TV podcast. You're wrong, Simon. My name We're is Simon We're on the 50th e, episode. I'm this... trying to correct you. Oh, shit. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the 50th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off for the 50th, not the 49th time. Thank you. Hey guys, it's me, Adrian, and uh, I am signing off as I would regularly do. Um, I really appreciate everyone listening. And, uh, you know, who else uh, appreciates um, you listening and and watching and stuff? Uh, I imagine Zack Snyder, um, the director of the great movie, Batman v Superman. Thank you very much for listening. Batman v Superman is a good movie. Take care. Goodbye. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Goodbye. Take care.